Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 602 in the AM, Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Rob Long, Jeremy Kahn, Ed Norris is on vacation this week. He will be back on Monday. Get your feet on the floor. Jumpstart your day. You know how tough it is to do that when you take some uh, sinus medicine that helps oh, you sleep? I'm I'm in that same boat <clears throat> as I'm trying to, I guess you can hear it in my voice a yeah. little bit, but I was telling you, like, I fell asleep yesterday. It's such a weird time where, like, if I get home and I'm going to take a nap, I want to get something in and wake up by two uh-huh. so I can try to get back to sleep, you know, at a normal time. But man, yesterday I think I fell asleep at like four. Like I don't know, it was after three, I going into four. That. Oh, I would love to do that. Oh, God. Sleep for the rest of the day. I, I I've been doing well this uh, this uh, winter. The winter normally kills me, but I got this Navage, and it held everything off until now, mid February. Mm-hmm. Um, close to late February. I, I mean, I haven't been stuffy or anything. I do that a couple times a week, and I'm good. But something got through that Navage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something got past it and uh, started to get me a little bit. I took some sinus medicine last night to help me go to sleep because my head felt like it was about to explode. Uh, but then, then waking up at 4 a.m. is tough when you take it like at 8 because you need some serious sleep mm-hmm. when you take that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with yesterday, too, it was kind of just one of those days where a lot of good stuff to watch last night from a college basketball standpoint. Um or NHL, NBA starts tomorrow. Man, they just destroyed. <clears throat> I called that one you yesterday, but I'm a little mad at myself that I didn't make it a bigger play. My my favorite thing yesterday was the Michigan State over, but God, I don't know how many layups Hoggard missed. He had to miss at least five, and I'm talking about like three of them uncontested. Like, what the hell's going on? And then all the missed free throws, but it was a good night for college hoops. Yeah, it was. It was a real good night for college hoops. 410-583-1057, that's the number. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Man, when you play 16 years in the National Football League as a wide receiver and you have one reception for 46 yards and a touchdown, you shouldn't make it 16 years in the NFL. But you can if you're a 10-time Pro Bowler, two-time all, three-time all, two-time All-Pro. Matthew Slater announced his retirement yesterday. And I know some people who cover the Patriots. And you hear some people who played for the Patriots and covered the Patriots. And everything I hear about him is as good of a football player he was at what he did, mm-hmm. he was a better person. And that's why guys like that stay around so long. He lasted 16 years with one franchise, the New England Patriots. One franchise. You know, Bill Belichick doesn't let people pull on the heartstrings. 
So this guy had to be an extraordinary person to, in order to withstand that many years with Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick leaves, now he retires. I think there's no coincidence. And, you know, sometimes you don't give guys credit. We only talk about the superstars. But this seemed to be a genuine good guy, man. Retired yeah. after 16 years. Well, and then you look at um, kind of running that Steve Tasker type career yeah. <clears throat> where you're playing special teams. And he made a name for himself. He was, as you mentioned, constantly in the Pro Bowl for what he was able to do. Ten times. As a gunner and, and all the different things that you're sitting here talking about. So, like, um, yeah, I, I, you know, good for him. Ten years playing special teams. I think it says a lot, you know, in what he was able to do. He's 16. Huh? 16 years. Yeah, but 10 times. Uh, oh, 10 times, yeah, yeah. Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl yeah. yeah. Especially at that position. Absolutely. So, you know, hats off to him, man. We just, you know, it's 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 awesome. Awesome career. And and now he's off into the sunset at the age of 39. So he gets to enjoy, well, not even 39 yet. He'll be 39 later this year. So he gets to enjoy the second half of his life. Man, you know what's funny is that we got, um you know, pitchers and catchers already reported, baseball going on and there's still a lot of big names out there what happens with you know um blake snell and cody bellinger jordan montgomery and all these guys and you know we're gonna see some guys sign here i think cody bellinger goes back to the cubs do you wonder if the blue jays kick the tires on them again or if they feel comfortable i think i think the cubs are sitting waiting to see what else else they don't want to outbid themselves i think with a lot of these guys uh, jeremy you don't want to outbid yourself and the orioles got someone where the market tells you what he's worth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you don't have to worry about outbidding yourself. The market tells you what they're worth. What is what is Cody Bellinger really worth? Is he worth a five-year deal? Well, is he worth a three-year deal? Is he worth $20 million? Is he worth $30 million? I think the problem— I don't think you really know what he's worth. You, you're trying to wait till somebody else sets the market for you. Well, it's the inconsistencies when you look at him. And, right. And I know they're flashing stats now— about what he's done, it's it's a roller coaster. When you look at the last year with the Dodgers, the up with the Cubs, and then now which guy do we get? Because this was a guy that was, you know, leading the National League in home runs or yeah. up there as a front runner for a good portion, MVP candidate with the Dodgers, and then just disappeared off the face of the earth, and then winds up with the Cubs, and then midway through the season last year starts swinging a hot stick and made a name for himself again. So again, what is he worth? I think the same thing with uh, Nate Snell. Well, he's a two-time Cy Young winner. Yeah, but he's a five-inning guy, so what is he worth? Yeah. I mean, I mean Blake Snell. I said Nick Snell. Blake Snell. That's his brother, Nate. Uh, I think Nick Snell used to play for the Orioles. I think Nick Snell was an Oreo. But, um, you know, just what is he worth? You don't, you don't really know. And I, and I think that's the problem with him. Yeah, well, the one thing you know you're going to get is five innings and probably not much more from him. Go look at his stats last year. Yeah, he won the Cy Young, but I think it was kind of – he won because of everything else that was going on. There was no other real – like, Zach Gallon was really good and then tailed off at the end of the season. And everybody assumed that he was going to be the National League Cy Young winner. Yeah. Um, Alcantara, Alcantara did not have the season we thought he was going to have. Some of the injuries that came down in the National League. So, um, yeah, I, I do think that when you look at Blake Snell, it's it's like, what is anybody going to kick the tires on him for a five-inning guy? Blake Snell by racial? Uh, I don't know Because Nate Snell's black. Well, I'm also 71 years old. Is, it, is that his He played daddy? for the Orioles from 84 to 80, 86. That's how I got him. Is that up. that baby's pappy? Ooh. <laughs> why you got to go there, man? <laughs> it's only 609, man. Let's go to Parkville and get Chris. What's up, Chris? Hey, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, 
I just had a little, uh, I don't know if, if you knew this or not, but I thought I'd throw it your way. Um, if you have a stuffy head, what has worked for me in the past, and it's worked very well, better than, um, you know, man-made medicine is uh, echinacea. I don't know if yep, you've ever heard, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. I've heard of it, yes. You might want to try it. It works pretty good. Hey, I, man, I appreciate that. Thanks hey, a lot, Chris. You know what I take for a stuffy head? What? Nah, no? Don't worry about it. And you got to think, too. Like, if Rob's head is stuffy, that's like the, uh, you know, it's 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 got to be like one Go ahead of make the- it up. Huh? Go ahead and make it up on the run. What are you talking about? Go ahead and make it up. The bunch line. Go ahead and make it up. Will you just settle down? <laughs> Let me pump my brakes and get my hamster back on its wheel as it jumped off for a second. Big ass noggin. <laughs> He was Joe. He was reaching for the punchline, man. Couldn't I had find it. it. I couldn't think couldn't of what. Couldn't find it. It's there. Close your eyes. Reach around for it. <laughs> you know the big thing about Rob's head if it's stuffy. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. That's the ticket. Yeah, here's the punchline. <laughs> reaching for a big time word. Big ass head. Zay Flowers back in the news, but for Baltimore County, uh, the news is pretty positive for him. We'll talk about that. In the barbershop at 6.30. But on the other side, Maryland, Wisconsin. You heard Joe talk about it. Another close loss for the Terps. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And they go inside and an offensive foul is called. Oh my goodness. On Deshaun Harris-Smith, who's the most surprised guy in the building. That is atrocious. Uh, yes, that's a word for it that I would use. I use another word at home. BS. <laughs> that's well, the word I use. You don't make that call at that time. You just don't. Certain calls, man. And you know why? See, I'm not this guy. If you've been calling it all game, Jeremy, then you call it all game. But I hate when you allow the game to be played one way. I'm going to go back to the AFC Championship game. You allow all that in-your-face trash talk the entire pregame and during the game. And then now, all of a sudden, you want to get righteous and make the call. Same thing last night. That kind of play the entire time, you let it go. Now, you want to make that call? Now? Yeah, I have a – so I I texted you. I don't know if you remember this one. I think it was Saturday about the Wisconsin-Iowa game. Yes, I do remember. 
and I said it was such a tragedy what we saw with the the refereeing. Um, not just look. There's one thing to have a fifty fifty call. A guy goes up to block a shot. You think he got so much of his wrist. He tells you he got the ball first. Whatever. We have a disagreement. We don't have a disagreement on what the rules are. So l- real quick, let me take you back to to what happened this week, and we can right. talk about this game. So Wisconsin. Uh, when they were playing, Wisconsin. We, yeah, th- that mansion up in Wisconsin, uh, they called a goaltend that did not happen. Yeah, so they go back during a commercial break and they review it, and they realize it wasn't a goaltend. So then they take the points off the board. Now, why is that unfair? Because if Wisconsin, that that should at least be a jump ball, right? Yes. So nope. So you just lose your possession. They called an erroneous goaltend. You don't even get a chance to have it, even though your guy clearly rebounded the ball and had a chance to go up, but they blew the whistle. You don't get the ball back. So the refs at the end of the game, I don't know why they did this, called an inadvertent whistle to almost try to give the ball back to Wisconsin to give them an opportunity, but Iowa had the jump ball, so it didn't matter. Wow. I'd never seen anything like this. And then you're going to get calls like this in games where, again, a, a, a charge block call. Sometimes, sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's 50-50. Did he get his feet set? Was he still moving? All these things that go on from the offensive player to defensive player. But, yeah, I mean, you, you wouldn't expect to see bad calls like that. You'd like to see him at least be a little consistent. And they were consistently bad Saturday, and it doesn't surprise me in another game. That surprised me. The, our friend of the program, Chris Naki from the Maryland Broadcast Team, this is what he had to say about the bad officiating. Tough, inconsistent officiating in this game. Now you have Rob Riley and two – Oh, man. I know. The circus is in town. How about I say that? I know. Uh, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Uh, and that's what the, essentially what I was saying, Jeremy. It was inconsistent officiating. If you're going to call that, call that. And we're good. We're all good if you call that. Yeah. But you didn't call that the entire game. Why now? Why are you doing this now? You don't. You don't get to decide who wins this basketball game. And that's my only issue. My issue is not if you're caught making bad calls the entire game, then maybe that's just not bad calls. Maybe that's just how you call the game. I can I can I can respect that. We played a game the other night. It was physical. I mean, we were both, both bumping one another. Uh, uh, I thought two or three times my guards got this uh, this place trying to drive to the, to the basket. But guess what? When we, they were complaining about it on the timeout, I said, "Well, you know, play the same way. Let's see if they call it." We play the same way they didn't call it. I'm done. I'm cool. Yeah. If that's what we're doing, then I'm cool. I, I'll give you the example. Like, uh, my son's team. Like, I, I'd say the, the, the kids were more finesse back in the day um, than they were, like, come in and smack you in the mouth type. But they weren't afraid to play anybody. But with a finesse team, it's like, okay, we want to we wanna outmaneuver you. We want to put our guys in positions uh, to succeed. Um, but when you get refs that allow you to play, you know, like – you know they're going to swallow the whistle a little uh-huh. bit. And, and the example is I, I talk about the county kids when they played the city kids. Uh, they played Dunbar in the playoffs, and we got some city refs. They let them play. They didn't figure it out until about midway through the third. And by the time they figured it out, they were already behind. But I can't be mad at the refs. If they called the game and let you play the entire time, then you adjust to it. You, you've got refs that are going to swallow the whistle sometimes and let it get a little bit more physical. I, if I'm a player, I'm taking advantage of it. If I'm a coach, I'm telling my players to take advantage of it. If they're blowing the whistle and it's really tight, then I'm going to dictate to them and let them know, like, hey, we got to be a little bit more careful where we're putting our hands and, and how we're boxing out and playing defense with our feet instead of slapping at the ball when we see it. 
Because if they're if they're amped up and ready to blow the whistle, then we're gonna be in foul trouble the whole night. Four ten five eight three one zero five seven. That's the number. Maryland with another close loss. How many how many uh, close losses is that, Joe? You said it in the a update. nine of nine of their thirteen losses have been by, uh, by five points or less. Five points or less. Nine of thirteen. Uh, Jeremy, what does that that tell you about this Terps team? Well, that they're good enough to be invited to the dance, but probably not not dancing with anybody. And the dance you mean is yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's been that way all year long when you see them losing close games like this. Um, and look, I thought they were gonna. This was a trouble spot um, with Wisconsin. Going back home after they've had their struggles, they they they've been a very good home team, and trying to get right. And Maryland looks like a team at home that you should get right with. They they hit their free throws down the stretch, or else that could have been a dicey uh, dicey game for them. But Wisconsin always hits their free throws. Yeah, no doubt. Um, does that tell you anything about you know coaching or keeping the team in the game? No, because like when I look at the the roster, I don't think the roster is very good. That's so, what I mean. It tells me so positive about. Coaching. Yeah, I, I think I, I thought you were going the other route with it. No, I, no because I I want to see who he brings in. Um, I think Kevin Willard's a good coach. The more and more I watch him, I think he know he understands the game. The more I watch, him, I feel the same way, man. I mean, like I told you, the defense tells me a lot. Whether you like him or not, out there, um, I, I still think he's a good coach, and and I, I want to see more from him. I could care less about some of the other other things. Um, as far as whether or not people like the the style that they're playing or whatever, if if he's out there making adjustments and calling plays, we'll, we'll start to see more from inbounds action when you you get a set play called and how yeah. they work. Yeah. I mean, I, I still have questions about the offense, but again, it's it's kind of a two headed monster, and then you, you'll take whatever you can get from Dante Scott and the others. And that's the, that's the problem, honestly. I, I just don't. I'm not impressed with him, man. He's been there a long time. Oh, Dante Scott's what? 25 years old now? 72 years old. I mean, you know, you've been there a long time, man. You should, we should have more from him. And to me, he's actually been, he's more of a hindrance to the team. He said he's 23. He is? Yeah. That's actually not bad. But to me, he's more of a hindrance to the team, Jeremy. Well, if you didn't have him, I still think you'd be struggling even more with somebody else. Like, at least he's got – like, I, I used to say, I want to be as good at something as Deion Waiters thinks he is at basketball. Right? That's a <laughs> – it's a confidence thing. At least he's a confident player because he's going to put up his shots. You want, to be, you want to be as good as something he thinks he is. Yeah. Like Deion Waiters would – he was on a team with LeBron James and be like, pass me the ball, dude. <laughs> like, that's that's Deion. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Get I me wanna, the ball, King. I want to be as good at anything, anything. As that guy thinks he as is. that guy thinks he is at something. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Oh, boy. Word of stupid at 7 o'clock. Put on the other side our barbershop topic of the day. Getting your hair cut early this morning, Jeremy Gunn. Zay Flowers' case will give you the latest status and what you think that means for Zay, as well as the Ravens. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You go into the barbershop early this morning, 6.30 a.m., Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. The Baltimore County Police investigation connected to Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Zay Flowers has been suspended without criminal charges. According to documents, the department released Tuesday the investigation, which is effectively closed, could be reopened if there are any additional information, is any different uh, additional information according to a note dated Friday identifying information in the report has been uh, redacted, but it indicates Flowers declined through an attorney to be interviewed by police. The uh, documents confirmed earlier Baltimore Sun reporting about an alleged victim's report to the police in Acton, Massachusetts. She told officers there was a quote-unquote violent domestic incident in Owings Mills on January 16th in which the suspect's brother also drew a firearm. She declined to name the suspect other than to say he is, quote, an NFL player, and that there were uh, they were all over social media as a couple. Jeremy Kahn, this is effectively, or oh, yeah, effectively uh, closed right now, unless more information comes up. Your thoughts on what this could mean to Zay Flowers moving forward? I, I mean, the only thing that, I, I think the fallout, <clears throat> excuse me, could be, um, you know, we, we've seen guys get a slap on the wrist for the NFL shield, the logo that is, uh, you know, being brought up in the news. So could he get a suspension for that, even though, you know, there were no charges filed? Because by the had, way, the, the timeline, Jay, where sixteen puts this before the Texans game. The Texans game. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. But like, again, we don't know. Did, did cooler heads prevail? Was this a he said, she said? Did it get blown out of proportion? Did something actually happen and everybody's just kind of buttoned up now? Don't know. But um, I, I think for the Ravens. Well, someone paid off. Again, these like the same thing. I want to say the same thing, but the Tar- Tariq Hill case with his ex. You know, he was getting ready to sign that big contract, and all of a sudden that case went away. He signed that contract and he ended up staying with her. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I don't know what happens moving forward. The only negative thing I think could happen is if the NFL decided to give him a game or two because of the look for the league, which I, I still think that's a little unfair as well. Now, the report goes on to say uh, in Massachusetts, she was uh, she told the Massachusetts police she was physically assaulted and left with, quote, uh, multiple bruises, according to Baltimore County report. In the uh, interview, the alleged victim said she was living with her boyfriend in a townhouse outside of Baltimore, Maryland, when the incident became physical and violent and that he had trashed all her stuff and belongings. She also repeatedly asked about the consequences of filing a police report and whether criminal charges are automatically or would automatically be f- filed. So she asked about that. She didn't want this to get out of hand, which uh, I'm sure, you know, some concern about him as well and his future. Feels what like, do the Baltimore Ravens do about this? Do they conduct their own investigation? You think? Um, I don't know. I like. I, I feel like you you do have to sit down and have 
a long, if you want to call it a come to Jesus meeting with, with Zay about this stuff, because, you know, I think he winds up on the fortunate side of this, that it doesn't go the other way. And it wasn't anywhere near what Henry Ruggs did, but you can see how one decision can change a guy's life. Yeah. So, uh, you know, good from that standpoint, but if something did go down, you know, somebody needs to grab him and, and real quick, let him know that this stuff cannot go on. Yeah, like his agent. Yeah. Uh, the alleged victim stated that quote, it was a really bad 10 minutes, but she hasn't been uh, felt scared since, according to the report. It also noted her father, who accompanied the victim, the alleged victim, to speak with police, was worried about the blank storm that is going to follow. She didn't take acting police up on an offer of a protective order, so she left it alone. 410-583-1057, that's the number of the Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. You and I both know, Jeremy, in these incidents, we've been around long enough. We don't know what happened. We don't know the exact details other than the report. But we do know where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. There's some kind of fire in here. Does this change your opinion of Zay Flowers? I don't think it can because I I still don't know what went on. Um, You know, as much as we're thinking something went down, and again, like, okay, something happened. Now all of a sudden nobody's talking. No file, no no charges were filed. Yeah, you got to be fortunate in that situation if you're Zay. If you know, if if that's that's how everything went, we don't. Nobody knows except the people that were there. But there's a reason why somebody, as you pointed out, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's yeah. a reason the police were out there. Something happened, whether it was a bad ten minutes or not. But somebody needs to sit him down and say, "Hey, chief, you can't have another bad ten minutes like that," because that could end up being the end of your career. It could be, you know, who knows well, what somebody's life. Yeah. Let me say this. I'll be 53 in May, and I can proudly say I've never put my hand on a woman. I've never hit a woman. But I could also say that I've never been in a position where I had to defend myself against a woman either. Mm-hmm. And I think I think a lot of domestic situations are not a man defending himself. He's just being an a-hole. But there are times also where men are defending themselves. And because they're stronger, you know, the bruises are on a woman. I've never been in either one of those situations. So I don't want to sit here pounding that drum. You know, well, when a woman assaulted me, I just covered up and just took it. I've never been in that situation. Yeah. However, it's hard. I'm saying that to say, I'm like you, Jeremy. I don't know exactly what went down, so it doesn't change my opinion about Zay Flowers. Because honestly, my opinion about Zay Flowers is he's a heck of a football player. Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with that. I don't. I don't get caught up into that. That, this is why I don't get caught up in that he's a really good guy. Unless I know them personally. Mm-hmm. I don't look at what happens when I see on TV and think that's your character. I don't Because you got a great smile, you must be a great guy. And I think a lot of fans get caught up into that. Unless I know you personally, I don't know you personally. Didn't we all love Ray? I mean, like the Ray Rice Ray was Rice. One, one of the most outgoing, one of the best guys that I'd been around Um you know, with the Ravens organization and having them out and all the things. And look, uh, it's caught on camera and people can't unsee it. Yeah. You can't put that toothpaste back in the tube once it's seen. And then it's up to everyone else how they're going to judge you or how that affects your career. And people can say what they want. If Ray Rice was averaging 4.3 yards a carry, he's playing the next year after yeah. that. After his he's averaging what, two? Was it 2.6, 2.8, something like that? No. People felt like he was done and nobody's going to pick you up when you have – 
that stigma around you as well right. from the um, the domestic violence stuff. Yeah, but that, like I said, you know, yeah, he signs autographs. He's nice to the fans. You don't know these guys personally, man. Don't get caught up into that. The football players. So, you know, and I asked Jeremy, does it change your opinion of Zay Flowers? I think Zay Flowers is a heck of a football player. You know what I think about him now? He's a heck of a football player. <laughs> That's it. I don't know him. I don't know this guy. I can't. I can't tell you. Oh man, Zay would never. If this, these are reports, if these are rumors, and you didn't have a victim with a victim quoted to say in a report, I would. I would be able to say, man, I can't see Zay's doing that. I don't know him. I don't. Yeah, the people I've talked to say the same thing about him. Like, unbelievably nice, outgoing, likable. But again, like. I, I've known a lot of people that were likable that were pieces of garbage behind the scenes, and I'm not saying that's the case with Zay, but again, you can only judge you can judge him by what you know. And as we're reading this stuff and it comes out, I think the one thing we do know, he's a hell of a football player. That's that's all I know about him. And I hope he's on the football field next year, because if he is, it means there's nothing more to these reports. Yep. If there is more to these reports, then Zay, my man, you in trouble. Does this... um? Does this uh, like relieve some of the stress for fans out there wondering what this was going to come to? Because people were saying, "Oh, do you need to draft another receiver now? Do you got to go get somebody if you're going to lose?" I'm sure, him? it does. I mean, I'm sure you can look at it. Joe, would you agree? Looking at these reports, if it ends there, worst case scenario, you're talking about a two to four game suspension. Worst case scenario. Yeah, they had um, in the Baltimore Suns article they mentioned how Jimmy Smith was suspended for four games in uh, what was that 2018? Yeah. And that was for uh, threatening and emotionally abusive behaviors towards his former girlfriend. Wasn't that the incident in Towson? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. And then, and there was actually a court, a Baltimore County Circuit Court filing, like a petition was filed for that one. So I think they kind of had more of an official, right? Like a, almost like an, I guess it's not an affidavit, but it's something like that that said the court recognizes that you're kind of a scumbag to your girlfriend. Wow, Joe went there. Yep. 410-583-1057. Want to hear from you. What does this mean for the Ravens and Zay Flowers moving forward? Also, has your view of him changed? Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. 647 in the AM, Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Our barbershop topic of the day. The uh, Baltimore County Police investigation connected to Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Zay Flowers has been suspended and effectively closed without criminal charges, according to documents the department released on Tuesday. And our question for you right to this morning, what does that mean for the Ravens and Flowers moving forward? Also, throw another one in there. Has your view of him as a person changed? Now, I had got I put this out uh, on social media. I have this one from a female, and she basically says uh, she judges it by is his girlfriend still with him? Because if she is still with him, that sells a lot. Um, and this is from this is from a female. Uh, is she still with him? You I'm don't agree with that? No, no. Because <clears throat> Tyreek Hill's baby mama was still with him, and he allegedly beat the crap out of her and the baby. So, like, but why would you stay? Money. All right. I mean, look. Let me just say this too, because I, I I've seen situations with uh, battered women and staying in relationships and trying to fix somebody. And, yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of that. A lot of it's that, too. And, a lot of it's not just money. A lot of it's that, that God complex that, you know, I want to I want to fix you. I want to I want to save you. Sometimes that's uh, that's some people that's in their DNA, basically, man. That's that's who you want to be. You want to like I, I mean, I kind of feel that way about my mother. My mother was one that would, 
you know, uh, go out of her way to try to help everyone and, and constantly do things for others. And you can shut your mouth, Rob. I can see you ducking down behind that computer screen because I start talking about my mom. Doesn't mean you can start talking about my mom. I didn't mom. say anything. I was reading from social media. I don't believe you because I, I couldn't say, see your eyes. You I ducked say, down. Like, that wasn't a natural movement to read something. You kind of ducked down behind the screen. I didn't say anything. My mom's a very giving woman. You want to add anything, Rob? Nope. Okay. Anyway. I want to go to Baltimore and get Rashad. What's up, Rashad? Hey, good morning, fellas. How y'all doing, man? What's up, man? How you doing? All right. right. Yeah, listen, man. It don't change my perspective about him. I mean, like, at the end of the day, man, that's his personal relationship. We don't know all the full details. And then, plus, you know, when I um, go to these games and watch him on TV, you know, I'm not worrying about what he's doing in his personal life. As long as it's not involving, you know, hurting no harm in the little kids or, you know, abusing the elderly, nothing like that. You know, like, and plus, I can know, I know how these, a lot of these women can be sometimes. You know, they take things differently you want to call the police and, and, and allow you to make up things what did you say huh what did you just say i didn't hear you we went down a different path no i'm saying these women you know they, they lie on you they can you know make up things and just call the police and when, when things really ain't that that serious in my opinion you know because i've been in that situation i was just going to ask you has that happened yeah. to you Rashad? yes i didn't you know girl named maria we cool now she had nursed on her thing but she popped up at my house and chased me around the street in my underwear at like 8 in the morning. She was man. wearing your you know? underwear? No. Nah. Oh, she was chasing no, you around like you were Okay, I got you. I yeah, thought- yeah. You know, I mean, it was my fault. I mean, I was, I was lying to him, playing games and lying. But, you know, you still they don't give you no right to pop up to my house, assault them, like chase me around with a weapon and everything, 8 in the morning. Yeah, and, sure, and, and people in the neighborhood thought it was funny. Well, sure, hold up, man. I, I, need to, I need to stop for a second. She showed up at your door. Yep. And chased you around the the house or outside? No, outside. You know how did you get? How did she go from in front of you in your door to you get to the other side of her outside? What happened? What happened in between? I let her, what happened in between you her showing up and you running? I wasn't trying to let her get inside the house. I had another girl in there, you know. Uh, so I was trying to avoid that conflict. So I'm out in the porch talking with it. It got out of hand. And then uh, you know, the see, see, are you sure you weren't outside her window earlier that night going? My Maria, my Maria, you remind me of a way no, not at all. You sure you weren't out there singing? So no, so, not at all. Not so at that's all, the rest man. Of the story. You know. See, <laughs> see, because because there's no way in the world you're standing in front of me on the outside of my door, and I magically get on the other side of you and start running outside. I close my door to avoid that. So he has somebody inside. Didn't want her to hear, and he stepped outside in his draws. Yeah. Were they good draws? Because you know, too, if you've been outside in good draws or bad draws, because you'll walk differently. You know, you. Yeah, he said people thought it was funny. It's because it is funny. Grown man will run around in his draws. This is hilarious. It's very I, funny. I don't know what you. I don't know what you consider to be funny, Rashawn, but to me, I would laugh. That's funny. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, the consequences of my own actions. I can't believe this happened to me. Leopard, I can't believe leopards ate my face. Hey, honey, am I awake? I think Tupac's in his underwear running around outside. <laughs> Here's one. I think all the charges, uh, it makes him less marketable and will cost him endorsement deals in the short term. If he rips off 1,500-yard season, 10 touchdowns, no one remembers. Cheers. Unfortunately, sadly, Jason, that's the truth. Tyreek Hill have a lot of... A lot of uh, endorsements. I mean, he's been on some things. Um, 
the Madden commercial, I think. And yeah. then he was in that one big Super Bowl commercial they did a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's... Well, I mean, look, there's plenty of players that we could sit here and talk about that have had issues off the field that were still endorsing products. Well, Steve Bishotti, when he spoke previously about how they don't take chances on players with domestic violence history, he singled out Tyree Kill. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, they took a chance on him, and it worked out because they won the Super Bowl. But I don't, he said, I don't think we're going to do that in the future. So, I mean, I, I think it kind of makes the... If I think the Ravens can get away with not cutting him and not saying anything like, oh, we didn't it do it. after the fact. Well, and yeah. because there's no charges. Ty, like, Tyreek Hill actually had more of a smoking gun to be like. I like this one from Marshall. This is my sentiments exactly. This is my, Marshall, you, you nailed this one. He says, I honestly am not bothered by him one way or the other off the field. He's not a friend or in my circle of friends. I watch him do his job on te- football field on Sundays during the season. Uh, if he loses the ability to do that that job, he becomes inconsequential to me because once again, I don't personally know him. Yeah, what he said mm-hmm. doesn't yeah. change my personal opinion of him because I don't have a personal opinion of him. I don't have a football opinion of him. He's a hell of a football player. He's let's, fast. Let's go to West Side and get uh, Steve. What's, uh, what's up, Steve? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Morning to you. All right, listen, let me say this, Rob. First of all, you know, by me being a formal player, um, baseball player and everything, there's a lot of players that's out there that's in that situation. A lot of it is a hush-hush type of thing because why? Just like the gentleman just said, you got a lot of females that will sit there. Let's say, for instance, Rob, here you are, a young man that's just coming out of college. You sign it. They know that you ready to get a big contract. And you with a female. And let's say, you know, you dealt with her from time to time, but, you know, after a while you see that she changed. Then you want to go ahead and weave your way away from her. But she sees that she don't want you to go nowhere. Now, you got a situation where it's though now that she knows that she has something over you. Just like the gentleman said, she can lie on you and everything else. Now, let me get back to some of the Oreo players, that the former Oreo players, and I'm not going to name any names. But, uh, no, Steve, we ain't going down that road. No, we're not. We're not going down that road, Steve. We're not going down that road. <laughs> no one's going to say they heard this on the Big Bad Morning Show. I heard Rob say no it. No one's going to attach this to me or Jeremy. No, no, Rob we're not said, going down that road. Rob said it. I'll, I'll Oreos, the- Ravens, Terps, no, old no. Baltimore Colts back in the day. We ain't going down that road. Rob Long can take this one. Guess what I did yesterday? I announced when LeBron James and why he was sitting because he was going through some load management stuff. This one's on you, buddy. I think yesterday. That's different. <laughs> Let's go to Baltimore and get Trippy. What's up, Trippy? Hello. Hey, what's going on? Hello. Look, I was trying to call in yesterday to shout my uh, high school out, Emerson Westside. You know, they played City yesterday. But anyway, hmm. shout out to Emerson Westside. <laughs> they finally got that city championship next year. Now oh, they, won, they, won, they won the city championship yesterday? Yeah, they beat city yesterday. My boy, Dad, my boy Dazzler got a championship. All right. Yeah, so now we about his, to get the state. So. His niece plays for me. Oh, for real? Yes. Hey, Rob, you know I do photography. You like me? Come out and do some work, man. Yeah, you know? man. Why don't you hire Trippy? Hey, you won't tripping. you let Trippy talk, man? Nobody asked hey, you. Um, I'm just, I'm, hello, I'm co-signed. Hello, but look, <laughs> but look about the Zay Flowers shit. I don't. I mean, I just read up on it. I, I mean, I still, you know how the NFL is. So, I mean, yep. Trippy, Trippy <sighs> slipped up. Trippy tripped up. 
He didn't realize he said be tripping. it. It's not a podcast, people. We can't say that stuff. Well, man, we had to dump the last two callers. Did we have to dump the last caller? I had to drop one and dump one. Oh, you dump one and drop one. Man. Which Thoughts Oriole on players possible- was he going to throw into the box? <laughs> we that. Thoughts on possible MLB expansion at 7-15, but on the other side, we get stupid with Jeremy Kahn. Yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of stupid stuff. We have a kilt-wearing shopper that was seen shoving stuff up his butt. <laughs> we're going we're to talk-, talk about him. <laughs> and you ever have someone tell you to grow a pair? Well, scientists actually have now, and it might help men in the future. We're, we're going to get into that as well. World of Stupid's coming up next here on The Fan. Well, Rob, you and I are a little, <clears throat> what, congested, stopped up, uh, however you want to call congested. it. Congested. I don't like saying stopped up. You don't like saying stopped up? No, congested. All right. Well, a Florida man was dealing with some uh, similar things. You want to know what it ended up being? What was it? He had 150 live bugs in his nose. Wow. It's a big nose. Yeah. <sighs> Florida man is How big breathing. was this dude's nose? <laughs> I don't know. Florida man is now breathing easier that 150 live bugs have been removed from his nose. The unidentified patient went to a hospital earlier this month after noticing that his whole face felt like it was on fire. Although the man first started experiencing symptoms in October, it wasn't until recently that it became serious. Over a couple of over a couple of hours, my face just started swelling. My lips <sighs> swelled. I could hardly talk. I couldn't even get up to go to the bathroom without my nose starting to bleed. The man visited uh, the Florida Memorial Hospital in Jacksonville, and the doctor uh, Carlson was shocked when he looked inside the man's nose with a camera. He saw dozens and dozens of bugs feeding on the nose and sinus cavity, uh, some as big as the end of his pinky. Ugh! I knew he was in big trouble. There was erosion and some uh, that was occurring near the skull base. Could you imagine 150 bugs being pulled out of your nose? No. That's just oh, more nightmare fuel. All right, let's talk about this. You guys have heard when uh, one of your buddies tells you to grow a pair. Yes. Where'd you leave your balls in your wife's purse? Yeah, you know, all that stuff. Well, scientists have now done that. They've grown a pair. They grew a pair of testicles in a lab, and they offer new hope for male infertility. How does this... They did the thing where they grew a penis on the back of of a mouse once. Yeah, but they also grew a penis on a guy's arm in England. You can look that Uh, up. I remember that one, Yeah. 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 But this is um, just like the guy who dipped his testicle in glitter. Pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. Nice. Thanks. <laughs> um, researchers at, at Israel's Bar-Alan, uh University have grown laboratory testicles. <clears throat> Can you throw these on the back of your truck? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, <one> that <laughs> <laughs> uh, the tiny artificial organs produced from cells extracted from mouse testes are said to resemble the structure and function of natural mouse testicles. Mouse? Mice have testicles? Yeah, well, they should, right? Male mice. Yeah. Ugh. Mr. Mouse. Um, the researchers... Wait, you, can, you can see a mouse... Um, oh. Yeah. Well, the researchers So are, what, are they, what are they growing these testicles for? Well, they're saying that eventually they could use it for reproduction. Uh, and it could it, offer new hope for men with infertility. I don't know how that's possible... Like, if this is coming from mouse testicles. Yes. You know. That's my point. You get I mean, pig hearts. You get valves that they put in people hearts. you're reproducing part of a pig. from mice testicles. Huh? Hi, Dad. Is that what's going to happen? Yeah, that's, yes. that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, I got you on, on the pig heart. But reproducing from mice testicles? You have to name your son Mickey every time, right? Oh, jeez. 
Uh, but what I don't get about this though too is like <laughs> with those with the little mouse balls, um, like how do you turn that into something where like is is it going to affect your DNA? I'm assuming that's or? my point. Yeah, I don't know, Joe. Didn't it say this in the article? Where where are you, Joe? I you know the know New this? York Post is hard hitting journalism, yes. so I'm sure they have this in there. All right, fertility clinics are able to identify some of the problems that cause male infide- uh, infertility. Infidelity, uh, a low sperm count, or an abnormal structure, but we don't understand fully what causes this. Which uh, genome mutations led to the condition? That what went wrong in the testicles functioning as a result, which tubes do not carry the sperm. So I guess they're thinking if they can study this in the little mouse ones, that they can figure it out in humans. Mises to pieces. I, I mean, this is, it's a, it's a strange story. Do you think of these little things before? Like, do you read the, <laughs> no, and then workshop with... them when you're trying to fall asleep? No, this, I mean, a lot of times I retweet stuff just so I have it in the morning. There's, there's a story coming up in, uh, Shovels, which I can't wait to tell you guys about. But let's get to this headline story. Because this is one that it just makes you wonder. Kilt-wearing shopper seen stuffing antiques up his butt and then placing them back on the shelves. Now, do you guys have more of a problem with him shoving it up his butt or putting it back on the shelves? Because I have a serious yeah. problem with it back on the shelf. Back yeah. on the shelf. Yeah. Do what you want for you. That's fine. That's you. But when you put it back on the shelf, now you're affecting others. That's like those people that went to the grocery stores and they would lick the ice cream and put the lid back on yes. or spit uh, yes. the bottle. There's a special place it for helped. you guys. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I want to sock you right in the mouth, you pieces of garbage. Like, why? For what? Like, even when you pull a prank, you don't get to see somebody. T- anyway, I don't even need to get into that. Um, a kilt-wearing shopper was caught on video perusing the aisle of Texas in a Texas antique store, then sticking numerous items where the sun don't shine. The burly shopper, identified later as Mitchell Vest, he's sixty, was seen stucking, <laughs> stucking, sticking items in his rectum, then returning them to the shelves in this antique gallery. Which brings me to the point that anything can be a sex toy if you're brave enough. You've Sorry. made that point before. Thank you. I had to watch it a couple times to be sure I knew what I was looking at. Sure, you watched the video 26 times because you wanted to be sure what you were looking at. I've seen a lot of things here, but I've never seen that. Yeah, the guy's got a kilt. There you go, Rob. That's him reaching underneath the kilt and shoving something up his butt. So we don't think it's something strange for the man walking in with a kilt. He's got a bald head. It's like, well, look, a man can wear a kilt. You know, where, was, where was this? Texas. We don't think it's, it's strange for some man in Texas. It's Texas. That's not strange. Texas has the most. Texas is next to Florida and California for the most weird things going on. Men, a man wearing a kilt. Well, lots of men wear kilts. Easy access. Scottish male sundress. Yeah. So oh, don't, don't put that. that person, don't put those two together, please. What sundress and kilt? Man and sundress. Don't do that. Dude, I got good looking legs. I could wear a kilt. I don't want to see it. How are your feet though? Oh, I keep those hidden. My, please, my, my hammer toe. Because you care about us. Yeah. Um, Vest was charged with criminal mischief. It's only mischievous to stick things up your rectum in an antique store. Uh, among the items he allegedly inserted in his butt were a makeup brush. Nice. An antique bottle opener and a tobacco tent can. Here's a picture of him. If you want to see his. Just looks like a normal guy, just like you and me, Rob. Yeah, like you and me. Except he likes putting antiquities up his butt. That's your world is stupid. Thank you very much, Jeremy Kahn. 410-583-1057. Jeremy Kahn and I will give you our top five current hitters in Major League Baseball at 8 o'clock. That ought to be good.
happen on the other side. MLB is uh, talking about possible expansion, which could lead to realignment as well. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. 7.16 in the a.m. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Baseball, it looks like it's considering some expansion, Jeremy Kahn. Lots of teams, uh, lots of cities, I should say, uh, are being considered in that. Some of the obvious ones we know about. Vegas looks like it's going to get a team in the uh, Oakland A's unless Oakland pulls a miracle rabbit out of their hat. Do they keep the name? They call them the Vegas A's? Are they changing it? That's not the first city the A's have been in. So, All right. not the first city. Um, Memphis is one of the one of the cities that's been talked about as well. I wonder about. You think Memphis could hold? So they have a basketball team there. Could they hold a baseball team as well? Yeah, they hold two teams. They can support two. I mean, like we talk about Baltimore all the time. We're like, hey, can we do three? Support I two. Okay. I think they can. Salt Lake City has been named as well. I like that for the city, not for the players that have to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Portland has been named as well. I like that as well. I thought Portland and Nashville make so much sense for how much they're building, especially in Nashville. But Portland makes sense now too. I think um, to put a baseball team there. Why? Why uh, Portland? Well, I, I mean, I think you can look. We've had you got a basketball team there. We've seen um, other teams either from Washington leading down to Oregon supporting. Those types of teams uh, in that area, the Trailblazers. Um, you still had like you know when the SuperSonics were in Seattle. I think, I think Portland can support two teams, right? This would be the only other. There's nothing else. Of, I, I I don't even know like a soccer team. That's I it. was going to say, is there a soccer team there? Um, but yeah, so I I think Portland would be good. I, I like some of the the places you're announcing. My only question would be, and they're obviously doing their research, is can they support it because. You know, we thought putting teams in Florida were great ideas, and turns out it's not. It's funny because you asked whether Nashville can do it or not. You know, you think the Orioles, the Baltimore City, does a good job of supporting two? Uh, we haven't. I think we can be better, but again, we haven't had a winning team but, either. But they can support two. They can. We haven't. Baltimore's ranked number twenty nine in the uh, designated market. I mean, twenty six, I should say. Portland. I mean, uh, Nashville's twenty nine. It's just three below us. Really? Yeah. It's but about Na- the same size city. But Nashville's building. So if you, like Nashville right Their now. Their population is, is 1.0, 1,011,000 basically. Ours is 1,119,000. So, so with Nashville, um, well, you got to think. The TV too, household population that is. Yeah. But you got to think too with Nashville. Like if you guys have been there, they're calling it Nash Vegas because they just keep building. Right. Like if you if you went to a Titans game two years ago and then you go back this year. You're going to see so many different things that were built there that you'd be shocked. They just keep building, and they're talking. They're ripping down Nissan Stadium and building a new one. Yeah. So, like, they're going to keep building in Nash- Nashville. That's why I think it makes sense to put a team there. Now, with expansion, they're saying this is going to be right after Rob Manfred's uh, tenure is over with. They're talking about realignment. Joe, what would that possible realignment look like? Uh, Jeff Passan had an article that came out on uh, on ESPN+. Plus. You can only get it if you're an insider. Also, I don't know why if you pay for Hulu and ESPN Plus, like visually, you can't get that on their website. That's a different argument. But uh, his realignment with 32 teams would move it down to four divisions. So you have AL East and NL East and AL West and NL West. So you'd have eight teams. Really? Yeah. So, So instead of having the traditional six divisions, 
Yeah, and then so you add teams and you eliminate two divisions. Yeah, they to make it more geographically make more sense geographically within who you would play. So AL East would be Baltimore, Boston, Cleveland, Detroit, Nashville, as an example. New York Yankees, Tampa, and Toronto. Um, your AL West would be Chicago White Sox, Houston, Kansas City, Las Vegas, Los Angeles Angels, Minnesota, the Salt Lake City team, and the Rangers. Uh, and and the, uh, the Orioles home games will be in Baltimore, not Nashville, right? That is correct. I just wanted to double check that. <laughs> yes. The John Angeles is like, uh, I guess we'd call that Baltimore Central. I guess okay. if we have two stadiums. Uh, NL West would be the Diamondbacks, Cubs, Rockies, the Dodgers, Padres, Giants, uh, Mariners. The Cubs and, would be out west? Yeah, they put this one has them put out the west. and then They put the Mariners in the National yeah, League? Yeah, the Mar- Mariners would jump to the National League. Get your ass out the American League. Um, Cardinals are the last one in the NL West, and the NL East would be the Braves, Reds, Mets, Marlins, uh, the Brewers. The Brewers? The Brewers, uh, the Phillies, Pirates, and Nats. The Brewers were in the East before, American League East. What was it? Seattle, Houston, and uh, Milwaukee were the ones that have flipped? Haven't they all been? Houston's going to be where? In the West or East? Houston would be in the AL West. No, but Houston West. used to be in the National League. Is what yeah, I'm saying, now in the yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Milwaukee, was, was Milwaukee another one of those? That Milwaukee, Milwaukee was in the East, AL yeah. East, because they beat the Orioles in 82 for the AL East. Title. Yeah, and then Seattle now would be another one. Seattle would, would move to the National League. Yeah. Hmm. See now, does it really matter whether you're in the National League, League or American League? Because you play everybody. I don't think so, because everybody it's uniform rules across right. the board. You, you play everybody. Yeah, I got this text from a friend, which is a, 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 uh, something we didn't think about. What is baseball short of right now? What's the biggest shortage in baseball? The biggest shortage in baseball, yeah. position wise, pitching. Oh, you mean for the Orioles or just in general? In general, baseball pitching. Well, everybody wants pitching. Yeah. You add two teams. <laughs> Go water it down even more. That's all right. More runs, man. Take the over. Oh, You're too man. young to take the under. Take the over. That's what it's about. Always be betting. Yeah. See? ABB. I like I like the realignment. Give me the American League East again, Joe. Uh, American League East would be... Sorry, I got to zoom in. Uh, Baltimore, Boston, Cleveland, Detroit... Nashville, New York Yankees, Tampa, and Toronto. Okay. I like that division. Because we get a bunch of the crappy teams from, we get an expansion team and the crappy teams from the, the Central. How would, I wonder how the playoff structure would be with that. Well, you would have your two, t- what, the, how many Four division now? winners. Four, you got four, yeah, four division winners. So maybe top four, that'd be a lot. Two and two, and then. Yeah. How many do they have now, 14? They'll probably go to an 18 playoff. I, yeah. A lot of baseball? Too much baseball? Look, you For Anthony Rendon. Shut your mouth. You know me. I like, Never I, too much. Yeah, I love baseball. Um, it's it's different than football. The body doesn't need as much time to recover, and that's why, you know, th- that's the big difference in saying too many football games. Um, and and we'll, never, we'll never complain about there being football. And I love playoff love baseball. Yeah. We'll be back tomorrow, folks. Down 2-1. Oh, you know, I that's, thought, that's, I thought, I thought we were done. I was yeah, like, hell great. yeah, Rob making executive decisions. <laughs> um, one more note, Raleigh or Charlotte was another uh, possibility, yes. and that's the 22nd. I think they're 22nd yeah, in market they're, size. They're bigger than us in market size. Yeah, so that was another one, but well, I think the Braves. Charlotte is awesome.
Yeah. What yeah. else? Charlotte. It's. I mean, that's that's a rather large airport there too, right? Like yep. they they getting in and getting out, and um, it's become a bigger city. Am I am I mistaken in that? Like no, Charlotte's not, a pretty big city. So. It started booming in the nineties. Yeah. With the banking industry, and then they just kept growing. It was a big. It was a big banking industry. I don't know if it is now. Isn't Bank of America the sponsor of their stadium down there with the Panthers? It was. It was. It was? I'm yeah, kind of out of. I'm, I'm kind of out of the loop in Charlotte. I used to live like a stone's throw from there, but it was it was huge back in the nineties. Four ten five eight three one zero five seven. That's the number. Tucker Maryland and Wisconsin. The recap at seven forty five. Jeremy Conner and I will give you our top five hitters in Major League Baseball right now, but on the other side, we're giving out shovels. Who gets your shovel, Jeremy? Yeah, like I don't get this. You know, you take your kid to work day. Mom takes her daughter to work, and now she's getting fired and getting in trouble. I'll tell you what she did. If you have a shovel, give us a call. Give us a text, 410-583-1057. Hit us up on Twitter, at BBMS1057. Fan shovels next. The biggest idiots deserve the big, bad shovel of wisdom. Sponsored by Jerry's Toyota. And their exclusive benefits, including free service maintenance for four years or 50,000 miles. Visit Jerry's Toyota just north of the Beltway on Bel Air Road and online at jerrystoyota.com. 105.7 The Fan. Time to give out shovels. If you have a shovel, give us a call. Give us a text, 410-583-1057. Hit us up on Twitter. At BBMS, 1057 The Fan, Jeremy Kahn, Shovels. I've taken my kid to work with me. Have you ever done that, Rob? Yes, yes. Well, I brought Stephanie here with me twice. Yes. <clears throat> I remember we used to bring our kids to, to work back in the day together. Yep. We'd hang out. They got in the basement. My shovel goes to uh, this mom that brought her daughter to work. Um, what, so did she, what did she do? She gives Brazilians. And not only did she bring her daughter to work, she put her to work. Oh my Here's gosh. a picture. Whose legs are in the air there, and who's in front of that oh woman giving my. her a Brazilian That's right now? That's a dude. That's a woman and a little girl. That's a woman with legs up in the air like that? Yeah, that's a woman's legs. Look. That's big, some big legs. Oh, okay, now I see. Yes. Yeah, up in the air like that, look a little. That's the mom. And What is so she thinking I about? I retweeted this story. She looks Brazilian. A woman in Memphis. Hey, they're getting a new team, maybe. Congrats. Um, was reportedly arrested after allegedly having her young daughter wax the vagina of adult women. First off, if I'm a lady and you send a kid in the room to do this, I've got issues with it right away. Why is that kid in the room with me while I'm naked? Why is that kid in here while I'm naked? Get out. It's just not happening. And then you send her over to actually do the work? Boy, oh boy. 30-year-old Jasmine Moss was booked last week on child neglect uh, charges after cops say they received complaints about her posting graphic images on social media that depicted her five-year-old daughter working at the waxing So business. she took she pictures? She outed herself. She took pictures and put it on social media. Mm-hmm. Look at this. My girl's all grown up. Ladies, ladies, 410-583-1057. How would you feel if the person that did your Brazilian, I'm serious about this, if you found out they were taking pictures and putting it on social media. Give us a call right now. Go ahead, Jeremy. Go. Of your hoo-ha. They can see her hoo-ha. hoo-ha. Got it all the check. <laughs> I can't believe. Gerard, did you know your daughter's down here waxing other women's vaginas? Yes. yes. All right. I would love a job doing that. <laughs> waxing. Never mind. I don't think, you know, there's a lot of people that say that. I don't think you would. Yeah, because you'd see something you don't want to see. That's like all the people say, I'd, I'd love to be a gynecologist. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Uh-uh. No, you no. deal with other things too. There you go. Oh, man, 
She took pictures of. I'm serious. I want to hear from the ladies. The, the person. I don't know what 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 is that profession called? Well, that, that, are they at, estheticians? What? Technically, is that what that? I don't know if that because that's. Oh, my, I've done this before, and I'm going to do it again. And this is not the old man in me. This is me concerned with you. My shovel goes to people who recklessly drive crotch rockets. <laughs> and it seems, and I know this is not, you know, waxing vaginas. But anyway, listen, when you're scooting in and out of traffic like that, Jeremy, you're creating dangerous situations not only for yourself but for others. Yesterday... I'm driving down 695. I did not see this motorcyclist driving in between the lanes. I put my blinker on like I do 90% of the time to change lanes. I'm not going to lie to you. I put my blinker on to switch lanes. I never saw him, Jeremy. I was about to switch lanes, and all this, out of nowhere, I heard the bzzz, and I stopped. If I didn't stop or if I didn't get back straight, he would have changed both of our lives. Yeah. His and mine. Because I would have had to live with hitting you. You would have been in the wrong, but I would have had to live with that. Yeah. And in order to get to that spot, Jeremy, I would pass a vehicle to get to the left. As I'm passing the vehicle... This guy must have had to drive between us. I passed the vehicle, see him, and straighten back up in the same lane. Again, with my blinker on. So the fact that you came between the two of us, you were wrong. You would have changed both of our lives. Because you probably wouldn't have lived, and I would have had to live with that. Yeah. Well, and then we see this all the time. Like, I talked about the story I had after the Super Bowl with the guy driving on the shoulder and trying to uh, get around in a one-lane area. And people, like I saw it yesterday, a guy that was driving in the shoulder. Right? There could have been a, a stop car, a tire, like all kinds of debris off the side. He's going 80 miles an hour in the shoulder to get around somebody else. So, you, I mean, you see this all the time. And motorcyclists, look, with all due respect to you guys, I, you got no business going in between cars. Everybody has their lane. Just because you're smaller, your vehicle's smaller than mine doesn't mean you should be going in exactly. between the cars. Exactly. Now, Joe said someone called in, a man called in and said, why can't guys get Brazilians? You know what? I'm sorry you grew up with the, with never being included. The story said what, Jeremy? That a woman. A woman. If the story was a man, I would have asked for a man. The guy said. I'm, I'm sorry uh, growing up. I'm sorry growing up you were not included on things. He sounded but, frustrated. But a man wasn't in the story, dude. He said, why can't men get Brazilians? You can do whatever you want to do. Men do get Brazilians. But the story wasn't about a man getting a Brazilian. It was about a woman getting a Brazilian. Does that guy have a swimmer's body and shave the rest of the way down? He sounded like Dale Gribble from King of the Hill. Oh. Men Men can and do. But I'm sorry. That wasn't the story. I thought it was a man in that photo because that was a... I thought big so, girl. too. That's big legs, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. well, hold on. She still wants a kitty cat to look nice. What's I'm not saying you? it wasn't. But I'm just saying initially it was not. not what Why just, can't a big girl have a nice kitty cat? No, Jeremy, it wasn't big fat. It was big muscular. You got a problem with her hoo-ha? I never saw her hoo-ha. Uh, hoo-ha. Just that kid, like, oh, what was, like, <laughs> how was going to work with your mom when you were a kid? Well, let me tell you. I can't wait for her to draw what she did over the summer in art class. <laughs> What the hell? Is that a man or a woman's legs? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> just so wrong. Jeremy, those are some muscular legs, man. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the hamstrings on that leg. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine a meal kick for that woman? A oh, man. <laughs> She was, like she was giving birth. She was holding those legs back. <laughs> Go ahead and get all that, honey. <laughs> get all them little hairs down do it, there. Do it like your mama taught you. <laughs> Everywhere. I don't care. You nasty, man. I don't care. That's just, it's uncalled for. Your, your daughter going and doing Brazilians for you. Did we got? Did we get any ladies that texted in? Nobody? None. Nah. Nobody <laughs> wants to talk about their hoo-hahs? Jeremy, can you... No, no, she was a little thing, wasn't she? The girl? She was like six. She's gonna okay. fall in. So so is she strong enough that I think so. Is she strong enough oh, for that? Five year old daughter. Yeah. Now now the worst part about that is getting it wrong after the first snatch, right? The what? The first And it's not all off. You gotta get it a You gotta do time it again. If she's not strong enough, you do. Think about it. Yeah. It's not all off. Uh uh. Uh, that's awful, man. Like exposing Teresa, the- we got to do it again. Got to get the look. Just got to get into this crevasse. Yeah, okay. we're gonna let you. We're gonna let it air a little bit. Let you cool <laughs> off. But we got to go back in there. Did she get up there? <laughs> My daughter didn't get it right the first time. Like you're blowing on hot <laughs> soup. We're gonna plug this fan in. <laughs> let it cool off. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> oh my God, this is awful. The five-year-old kid. That's you what I'm saying. Naked in front of him. And then, but tell me, that's not a chance, Joe, of her not getting all of it on the first snatch. <laughs> we need to dump him too. <laughs> yeah, man. What I do? Ah, uh, she she did she did the whole thing too. Applied the wax to the area. It wasn't just like somebody did the work and then came in and put it and said, "Here, honey, take this piece of paper <laughs> off." Mama, ever, mama, I didn't get it all. You ever had anything Do waxed? Do it again, honey. You ever had anything waxed? Yeah. Okay, so what about you, Joe? Do you ever have anything waxed? So I lost bets and had to wax my chest and my legs and my arms. It was, nah, that sounds awful. It's not pleasant. Yeah. Especially for a hairy guy like myself. Mm. Mm, I will never do it again. 410-583-1057 is the number. What's trending at 815? Best hitters in Major League Baseball right now at 8 o'clock. But on the other side, Terps lose a close one again. They dropped to 6-10 and 10 in the conference. What's going on with the Terps? We'll talk basketball up next on the fan. I'm going to call the head of the refs tomorrow at some point. I just want to – I hope I get an explanation on how they, how Deshaun's, you know, really should have been an and one and that got overturned. And then he got called for an offensive foul on a bucket. So it was really five points yeah. that we got taken away. So I just – you know, I think my I think we deserve an explanation of why those why those calls were called because um, you know it's it's a, it's almost a curse having f- being able to watch the video on film now because yeah. it's you know you get to see it real time and you know it, it can put you it can put you in a bad mood real quick. <laughs> That's Kevin Willett, and you're right, Kevin. You deserve an explanation. That's a bull. That is. I'm sorry, man. It's a rough call. And that moment in the game. Um, at any moment. I any moment is wrong. Who was I listening to the other night that was really like I don't know. chapping my ass? Uh, NBA announcer, former uh, coach, was just talking about, um, or no, it was a college basketball announcer. And they were talking about the fact that, oh, I'm, I think it was Fran for, uh, for Fran, Schiller. Yeah. And he was talking about like, oh, I'm okay with them swallowing the whistle here. Like, you know, and, and 
You you don't call that late in the game as like a foul is a foul. Yeah. You call that whenever it happens. You're robbing the other person that got fouled. Yeah, like either you're you're letting it go, or you're letting them play, and then we eliminate some of that gray area, or or maybe you would even say that you go the other way and say that maybe you're widening it because what's a foul now if we're not gonna if we're not gonna call some of the uh, certain things and again charges blocks those things are can be subjective at times. You can look at it and see it in a different way than I see it. But you, you got to make the right calls and call the game the same way throughout. Just be consistent. Be consistent. And that's the problem. Funny you say that because that's exactly what Maryland announcer Chris Knocky had to say last night on 105.7 The Fans Broadcast. Tough, inconsistent officiating in this game. Now you have Rob Riley and two, two – oh, man – I know. The circus is in town. How about I say that? I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was in town. It's tough, man. Like, you, you look at a game like that where you had opportunities. Um, you hung around with a Wisconsin team that's been scuffling. It's a tough place to play. And because Wisconsin was such a good free throw shooter, or the entire team was great at shooting down the stretch. Were they at mm-hmm. 9 out of 10 or something? Yeah, they were. You they just were, weren't getting were back in that game. 410-583-1057 is the number. Lil in Pasadena, we'll get to you. But let's go to John in Catonsville. What's up, John? Morning, guys. How you doing? Doing well. How are you? Good. I just want to not to not to single out anybody because Julian Reese has done a lot for the team this year, and the kid has a ton of raw ability. But Rob, you've been around basketball and coached it for years. Well, you know, what are these, some of these players doing in the offseason? Are they working with big man uh, coaches? Are they going to camps? Because if you look at Julian Reese, no right hand around the bucket, no pump fakes, no up and unders, no drop steps. And, I mean, what are the, year after year, you would hope to see something change in the offseason, especially for someone like him that has so much raw ability. What, what do you think about let me, that? Let me, let me throw this in here, John, and I'll, I don't want you to hang up because – I'm going to tell you what I think because I don't exactly know. I know Julian Reese has been working with big men coaches throughout his high school career, but his 6'9 frame, he's not going to play that on the next level, whether it be overseas or the NBA. He's not playing down there. So I would imagine Julian Reese is spending probably as much time on his 15-foot, 20-foot game as he is his inside game because now he's at the point as a junior, he's got to think about turning the page in his pro career. So I, I don't imagine Julian Reese is spending 100 percent of his training time on big man. That's not that's not what's going to put put food on his table. He needs to become that yeah. that four. He's got to become well, a stretch and, and four. Not, yeah. And not to go back to his past, but you think between all those years of travel and high school, who was not saying, "Hey, hey, buddy, you need to have a right hand around the bucket." You're right. You're right. Left handed. You're right. You know. That's 100. percent I, I agree with you on that. But you, you know what? I was in a. I had a chance to watch a boys practice yesterday at another school. And a friend of mine coaches the team. And I heard him say probably a half a dozen times on his drill. Left hand, left hand, left hand. The guys wouldn't go up with left hand. They wouldn't. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I would I would stop the drill if my girls didn't go up with the left hand on the left mm-hmm. side. Well, stop the drill. Now we have a we have a drill left side right hand. Yeah, you gotta, when you do your crossover, you get them on your your left hip, and you finish on the left side. Then you go up with the right hand. We have a drill for that because those are situations. But for what they were doing, it was left hand left side, and and I just couldn't believe that it's still a thing. I 
you know, the biggest thing for me as a coach, and anybody that's been to any of my camps or played for me knows it, if you can't use both hands, you can't play for me. You can't play ball, man. And and it's something that I've taken pride in just because when I went to high school, and nobody in my family were basketball players, so I was raw when I went to high school. I was a one-handed bandit, and I was embarrassed my freshman year that I couldn't use my left hand well enough to succeed. And when good coaches saw that, they would trap me. So I was hell-bent the next year. I, I, like, I literally I teach this to my kids every time. And if you play basketball, eat with your, your opposite hand. Yep. Eat with your opposite hand. Use the remote for the TV with your opposite yep. hand. Um, you can write with it. Open a door with your with your left hand. And I always joke with them. I said, wipe your ass with your left hand, but go back and make sure you're clean and wipe it with your right. <laughs> you know. And but but it's true. You don't realize the little stabilizer muscles that you have on your opposite hand. And the more and more you use it in everyday life, the stronger it's going to get, and the easier it will be to to get used to. Using Jeremy, it. I make my girls go do the drill over. We st- we stop the drill. You use your left hand on your right right side. Stop the drill. Vice versa. We stop the drill. Let's start over. Let's start over because those things are essential. How many times you see kids miss layups and miss easy shots because they went up with the wrong hand and the defenders on them or or the momentum is killed? Those are those, those aren't small things. Mm. Yeah, look, it's <laughs> I, I remember playing against a team out in Hartford County and I kept yelling, "Push him left, push him left." The best player on the floor was on the other team. He was a right-handed bandit, could not go left, and his dad came up to me after the game. He's like, my son had 23. He goes, why did you keep telling him to push him left? I said, if your son could go left, he should have had 40. Like, he was the best player on the floor, right. and it's a damn shame that he can't use both of his hands. Right. Let's go to Kevin in Ellicott City. What's up, Kevin? Morning, fellas. Morning. Well, how you doing? Doing great, thank you. It's a little cold out here, but it's all good. It was I, uh, cold as hell this morning. Yes, sir. I get to watch a lot of um, middle-level basketball, you know, middle school, low high school, and yeah, you know, it's a shame that a lot of these kids think they're really good and they're not going to go anywhere because of all the things you and Jeremy just said. And I agree with the man that just called, but I also think that uh, Julian Reese's game is a little bit different than that, right? I think he uh, he's just kind of a grinder and a beat-you-up type of yep. guy. Yep. Maybe not the most finesse in the world, but uh, I appreciate what the Terps did last night. It's really a shame that the referees took them out of that game. I agree on on a bad call, Jeremy. Real quick, before we get to Lil, go back to what you said. My son had twenty four. We are so results oriented that we don't look at the process. That's the problem. He had twenty four. I mean, wipe my hands of that. He had twenty four. What are you talking about? And and you're you're looking at the process. Yeah, he had twenty four, but he should have had more. And you guys didn't win the game either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we talked about a little bit earlier. Story in world of stupid, Jeremy. Refresh that memory real mm-hmm. quick. Uh, I, well, I gave a shovel to the woman yeah, that so, took yeah, her. It was uh, bring your daughter to work day, and she took her five year old daughter to work. The only problem was, she works at a place that wax, you know, waxes women, and yeah. she had her five year old daughter took pictures of her waxing grown women. And I asked women how would they fit. The reason why I asked women because it was a story about a woman and a little girl. It'd be a little weird to say, guys, how would you feel if some little girl? Let me stop there because yeah. now it just got weird. So I said, women, how would you feel if you knew you were at your place where they do Brazilians and someone brought their daughter in to do it? And Lil and Pasadena called in. What's up, Lil? Hey, how you guys doing this morning? Doing well. How are you? Fine, thanks. Um, so getting back to that story, if that were to happen to me, I would go back to that paid place, personally punch her in the face, and then sue her ass. That's about right, Lil. That is terrible. I mean, that's terrible. It's that woman sick in her head. Yeah. I mean, you're you're presenting your daughter, thank you very your much, child, to another grown adult who's naked. I don't care if it's a man or a woman. I, it, you know, I, I we talked about this the other day where I said my dad would walk around the house naked. All he'd be shaving, 
We'd walk by. I think I've seen my dad naked more times than probably he has, which is weird. But that being said, like, that was part of life. And right. like, he, didn't, he didn't ask me to come in there and hang out with but him. But he didn't, ask, he didn't ask his buddies to come in and walk around naked. I mean, he did, but that's what, that's how I got to know the guy. Oh, so that's, that's why we're, no, I'm kidding. What's trending at 815? Jerry Bimry at 830. But on the other side, Jeremy and Khan and I give you our opinions of the top five hitters in Major League Baseball right now on the fan. Well, Gap Band. Hump Day Wednesday. I used to love the Gap Band, man. 803 in the AM, Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. I saw him in concert by himself, Charlie Wilson. Did you? He opened up for Janet Jackson. A bad man. Bad man. A lot of good music from Charlie. Oh, yeah. No doubt. So we're going to do our top five hitters right now. Right now. Now, Jeremy, we'll go from five to one. You do your five. I do my five. We'll go back and forth and we get to number one. How's that? Sounds good. All right. Who's number five for you? Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Number five. I, I have no problem where you have him on this list, but I think he needs to be on it simply because of the power numbers. Um, you look at the injuries last year, and he said he's still going to be dealing with that toe uh-huh. for quite a while, maybe for the rest of his career, but I think he has to be on the list, so I put him at five. Uh, I got on the list a guy who's to, who led the league in doubles a couple of times. He has an OPS career, OPS of 873. <clears throat> Number five for me is Corey Seager. Wanted to put him on my list. He didn't make my list. I think he's one of the best pure hitters in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, when when we're sitting here nitpicking and you'll see the guys on my list, it's like, who are you taking off? Real quick, I don't have Judge on mine, but go ahead. Yeah, Who's your number four? Number four, I'm going with a guy that I think, I don't think will be on your list. Maybe I'm wrong, but Fernando Tatis. One of the best pure hitters in baseball went healthy. The suspension last year, how, like, how do you leave him off your list when he's this freaking good? But I get it. I don't have him on mine, but I do have Jordan Alvarez as number four on my list. Career OPS of 978, career batting average of 295, his uh, career on base percentage 390, and oh, by the way, 33, 37, 31 home runs. Uh, in the last three years, at least uh, the low RBI it has been 97. The guy's tremendous. He's my number four. Who's I wonder how many different ones we're going to have. I think we're both going to have similar top twos, but we'll see. We have so many great hitters. Um, my number three is Mookie Betts. Freddie Freeman's my favorite hitter on that team. But Mookie Betts, all-around player, just does a little bit of everything. From the look at Rob's face, I'm assuming Mookie Betts is not on his list. Uh, Mookie Betts is not only on my list, but he's number three on my list. Again, 900 OPS career-wise, 373 on base percentage. Here's this guy, 32, 29, dropped down to 16 home runs. But that was the pandemic season, 23, 35. Last year, 39 home runs, 170 RBI, 40 doubles. Mookie Betts is the man. Who's your number two? My number two could easily be number one. He's the most fun player to watch in all of baseball. It's Ronald Acuna Jr. I I don't know that there's a single player that I would want to watch play more than this cat. Um, Power, speed, average, everything. Uh, Won the um, MVP in the National League last year. (laughs) My number two is Freddie Freeman. Um, The guy just does it all, man. He's just – listen to this double total, Jeremy. This is this double total. Since uh, 2018, 40 – 34, son of a gun hit 23 doubles in 2020, the, the pandemic season. Mm-hmm. 25, uh, 47 last year, 59 doubles, 102 RBI, absolute, absolute stud. Why he's won only one MVP is is beyond me. Maybe because guys like who you just named, Ronald Cunha Jr. Who's your number one? My number one, and it's hard to get away from uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, you know, when you look at pure hitting, uh, from a lefty standpoint, power, average, and if he was just a hitter, 
I think it would be just special. But I got Otani at number one. Uh, just off of my list, it was Otani. And look, my, number, my number one guy is the guy that you just named, Ronald Cunha Jr. Yeah. He's my number one guy. Uh, Ronald Cunha Jr. is absolutely, positively sick. He's sick, folks. His OPS last year, 1.021. You know what's great about this is that you and I have three different players in our top five. We have a different mm-hmm. number one. And I can't tell you my list is right and yours is wrong. Well, because they're, they're, <laughs> I know this sounds crazy and, and it sounds completely incorrect. There are about 12 guys that could be in the top five. Yeah. And, and Acuna Jr. is, you talk about, about a guy who had 41 home runs, 106 RBI last year, led the league in plate appearances, led the league in at-bats, led the league in runs scored, led the league in hits. He led the league in hits twice. Uh, a run scored twice in his career. He is just an absolute sick man. And just off my list, uh, Otane, Julio Rodriguez, and Luis Arise. Those three just. They're close, but not quite. Yeah, the Arise thing, too. Just pure hitter, singles hitter, usually. I mean, you'll get some extra stuff in there, but he's fun as well. Just off my list, J-Rod, um, Julio Rodriguez, Kyle Tucker, who I just think the I world love of. I love him. Um, Juan Soto was another one. And I know he's a rookie. Neither one of us had Mike Trout on, but the closest thing to Mike Trout is Corbin Carroll. Uh. Um, neither I had Mike Trout, and I scratched him out, and then eventually went with this list. Uh, but I was... I probably scratched his list out three or four times as I was like jostling for position. And how about the rest of the Braves? Matt Olson, Austin Riley, yeah, Matt Olson, uh, the was Albies. Close. Uh, you know, there's uh, we didn't put Bryce Harper in there. Um, Jose Ramirez. I mean, there's Rafael Devers, Vlad Guerrero. There, there's a lot of really good hitters that year in and year out could be in the top five. Speaking of Bryce Harper, let's go back to Rob Manfred. Mm-hmm. When Rob Manfred called out um, uh, Mike Trout. You think Bryce Harper is the player, the person that Rob Manfred wished Bryce Harper was? Uh, uh, um, um, uh, Mike, Mike Trout. Trout was? You couldn't have said it better. Exactly. That's what you want. I mean, you don't have to be like he's had some issues where he's looked like an a hole, right? Where Bryce Harper. That's he's a clown. grown up though. That's a clown question, bro. But it, I was there. It was a clown question. Hey, again, <laughs> it's it's like who's there? People forget the Allen Iverson. We're talking about practice. His, his best friend had just died. People don't like the yeah. What's he up there screaming about? He missed practice because his best friend died, and all these things that were going on. He goes, "We're here. We're not talking about a game." Like when you look at it, it's how you present it, and and I agree with what you're saying. Like it's how you present those things to make a player look, um, and you can look bad in those situations. I, I just believe Man- Manfred is looking at Bryce Harper saying, "Man, if Mike Trout was that guy, he'd be the most marketable athlete in the world." <laughs> Isn't it a shame that you have a player? Like Mike Trout, and we just don't get to see him in the postseason enough. Yeah. Like it was, it's what we said about Barry Bonds for the longest period of time. And that's another advantage that Bryce Harper has on him. I will post these on social media. I get Jeremy's, I get mine, and we'll post it on social media. Antonio and Rosedale has an Oriole question. What's up, Antonio? Good morning. Morning to you, sir. How you guys doing? Doing Good. well. How are you? Good. With Flattish and Mains out, who will likely start the season as the Orioles? Fourth and fifth daughter, and you guys have a wonderful hump day. You have a wonderful day too, my man. Uh, Jeremy, can I, you want to take a swing at that one? Yeah, I mean, you know, when I'm, you start looking at the the birds here and um, which guys we fully expect that are going to just show out this year. Um, you know, I, I look at I, the young players are easy to look at, right? They're they're the guys that you're going to sit here and want to see more and more of. Um, as you watch them on a day-to-day basis, like watching Gunnar Henderson, watching Adley Rutschman. People forget, Adley Rutschman's 26. And then when some of these other young players come up, um, 
you know, just thinking about the season, I saw somebody pose the question, is Corbin Burns definitely your opening day starter now that or did you think he was going to be it regardless? Corbin Burns is. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I I mean, I thought he was going to be regardless. Bradish had a nice season last year, but it's kind of how you, you want to showcase that guy as much as you can. Yeah. Four ten five eight three one zero five seven. That's the number. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. It's been in the media a lot. Often injured athletes. Aaron Judge says his toe will require constant maintenance. We're going to talk about that. We talked about Aaron Judge. We talked about Mike Trout, and that's been a topic of discussion a lot in sports. What's trending? Some of the superstars, man, that just missed can't stay healthy. Up next on the fan. What's trending in social media? It is trending often Jer- oh, now, Jeremy, because of what happened in the NBA All-Star game. And you hear guys talking about not wanting to get injured. Anthony Davis mm-hmm. being one of them. And it's funny that Anthony Davis is the one saying that. Why? Because he's always hurt. He's always hurt. Another guy who's, a, a, to me, a, a superstar, uh, you had him on your list for top hitters in the game. Uh, and that's Aaron Judge. Aaron last year played 106 games. He played 157 a year before that, that and 148 before that. But before then, man, you're talking about missing a lot of time. He played 28 in the, in the pandemic shortened season, 102 before then, 112 before then. He's missed a lot of games throughout his career. And now the news is what is uh, Big Toe is going to be, I think, a constant maintenance, I think, uh, the rest of my career. Uh, anything with injuries like that, you just got to stay on top of it. It doesn't flare up again. He's going to have big problems with this. We talked about Mike Trout having issues. Shohei mm-hmm. Tane, once again, with an arm issue, he's fortunate because he's not just a pitcher. What do you do with athletes like this? It's hard, man. Um, uh, hurt players stay hurt, right? Like that's – and I, and I've always said this because I eventually became one of those guys that was always hurt and, you know, playing through stuff. And I know Yeah, when you were an old athlete. Yeah. But, like, it, it's – it's hard to cr- criticize a player because it's not nobody's going out trying to get hurt. The body breaks down, and now with bigger, stronger, faster, I think we're going to see it more and more in athletes. But um, you know, I thought DK Metcalf was going to be one of those guys coming to the league that was always going to be hurt. You know what? He's not. He's not. I, and I so. agree with you. I, I just he's so um, so muscular. So I mean, he's just musculature. Yes, you just thought for, that it was going to be an issue with him. He did, and it's not. It hasn't been yet, so, um, but yeah, you the Aaron Judge thing is interesting because he uh, there were a lot of people that thought he was going to sue the Dodgers because remember that happened out in L.A. as he crashed into the wall, and um, now he says he's going to have to deal with this for the rest of his career and just maintenance on it. Like we saw, um, what was it Dion had to have toes removed right because of his his injury, and he said he's still he's one of the things he gets every single day is a foot massage. Got to have that I think a couple times a day on that foot from the surgery. Yeah. Um, I just, I, you, you don't, they're so great. You got a guy out there who's often injured. Like, you go with Shohei. Mm-hmm. He signed this huge contract. Shohei Tony is a guy who makes all that money because he's a pitcher and a hitter, am I right? Yep. He's going to have Tom, Tommy John surgery again. He can't pitch this year, but he still signs for all the money. You take the risk, you take the gamble. If if Anthony Davis is out there, he's going to get big money. If, if, Someone thought they could trade for Mike Trout despite all the injuries. They're going to trade for him. They have so much. You know, Aaron Judge is another guy. They have so much talent, so much talent, but yet stay in the tub. Would it surprise you, though, if he was able to pitch in the postseason this year? That wouldn't surprise me. 
I don't I, expect it. I don't expect it either, but it wouldn't shock me just because of, you know, we're looking at how how much quicker these guys are healing up nowadays and getting back to playing from ACLs, Tommy John, whatever it may be. Um, but, yeah, like with, with Shohei paying him all that money, it's one of the reasons why I said I didn't want to invest that type of money in him because what makes him valuable is that he plays two positions. What scares me is that he plays two positions. It's two two separate ways to get worn down really quick or have an injury at one of the other spots. And and maybe you say, hey, are, are you playing scared? But we've never seen anybody do this for as long as he has. Like, to pitch every fifth day, sixth day, whatever they're doing with him, and on those days off, the other pitchers get the rest. He's out there swinging a bat and chasing down fly balls. So uh, I, I think that's going to continue for him, some of the injury stuff that we've already seen. Yeah, we shall see moving forward. NFL, I, I'm sitting here struggling, Jeremy and Joe. Any guy like that in the NFL? Who's it- that NFL guy? That always gets hurt. Yeah. Um, that well, it's hard because you're thinking about that talented. I'm just trying to think of the guys that got hurt this year. I mean, JJ Watt was one of those guys that it felt like he got hurt every year, right? Yeah, he was. So like, he was. Uh, he, and you know, he gets traded to Arizona, and then they're actually having a good season, and he gets hurt, and it's is he going to play through this injury? Um, trying to think if there's anybody else that really stands out. I mean, we got some wide receivers that are always questionable. Julio Jones at the end of his career was always hurt. But at the end, though. Yeah. I mean, you, you, your most productive years, you were healthy. When you're injured at the end, I don't count that. I mean, J.K. Well, Dobbins is in, at the level yeah, of some of the other guys. Yeah, but, you can count him. Yeah. He's always stays uh, injured. 410-583-1057 is the number. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Also trending a couple of national days. National Grain Free Day. That's become every day for me. And a national Sticky Bun Day. I got sticky buns. No, I mean like the ones you eat. Oh, never mind. Like the ones you buy at... I got the mall, yes, yeah, a yeah. sticky bun. Oh, by the way, Jeremy, there's uh, the guy, and I'm gonna give you my reason. Uh, Chris Flosser says a Tony has to be on the list. Rob, no, he doesn't for me, and I'm gonna tell you why. Let me give you my reason. My pushback for Tony, and you can kill that Joe if you want. Um, this yeah. is a list of great, uh, uh, best hitters in the game right now. Okay, all right. If we had a list of best power hitters in the game right now, Tony would be probably number one or two, depending on he and Judge. If you notice, Judge or Tony are not on my list. And here's my consent. And they're on both of mine because I took into consideration power. You talked about having Luis Arise on your list right. as the best pure hitter, which you can't. It's hard to argue. And, and I'm consistent with this. I'm consistent with my, my reasoning for this. I think doubles are a tremendous part of the game, mm-hmm. being a great hitter. Aaron Judge has never had 30 doubles. And Shohei Otoni's career high thirty, because he hits them too far. That's but that I think <laughs> I think they're the best two of the best power hitters in the game. Mm-hmm. Neither one of those guys. So I'm consistent with what I believe is a great pure hitter. I don't think those guys. Are, I think they're great power hitters. They are. And they hit the ball. It goes a, a far a long way. I just don't consider them to be a hitter like a Freddie Freeman. Uh, a guy who hits a tremendous amount of doubles. Ronald Cunha Jr. finally passed over 35, 30 doubles this year. I just don't put those guys in that category. If if not for 2023, well, Ronald Cunha Jr. answered some questions of mine, I don't think I would have put him in that category. Mm-hmm. He finally he finally climbed to that level for me in 2023. Well, and that's you had said something where somebody was like, oh, I agree with Jeremy's list. and not your, it, It's not about whose list is – we're not saying who's right, who's wrong here. It's subjective. It's like, what do you look at when right. you look for Like, when I'm doing my – I could have put in six other guys in my top five and taken these guys out and give you a reason why. Like, if I'd have left Judge or – I might be one of the few that – I think Fernando Tatis is 
unbelievably right. special. So I put him on my list, even though he didn't have a great year last year, because why? He was suspended most of the year. So, um, yeah, like when I'm looking at the list and you start comparing these guys, it, it is subjective to whether or not you want the best pure hitter. You want to add power in there. Think about this for a second. Tatis Jr. in 2021 played 130 games. 130. That dude had 42 home runs, led the league, and 31 doubles. It's one of the best seasons I've ever seen. Last year, he played 141 games, and he still managed to have 33 doubles. So I'm, I'm hearing what you in, – in my opinion, doubles are a huge part of being a great hitter. Extra base hits, not just home runs, extra base hits. Not triples, because triples you got to throw speed in the fact. And not, not too many slow guys hit a lot of triples. But doubles and home runs are a huge part of being an all-around hitter for me. Talking about a guy who's never had 30 and a guy who had 30 even once in his career. Sorry, that's going on my list. Yeah, Power hitters, we can talk. Pure hitters, we can't. We had reacts, more reaction to Zay Flowers investigation at 845. But on the other side, Jerry Bimbry joins us to talk some NBA. See what he thinks about that all-star game right here on the fan. 831 in the AM Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Rob Long, Jeremy Kahn. Ed Norris on vacation this week. He will be back next week. Jeremy, have you heard anything more about this whole NBA situation? The All-Star game? People have been talking about it. Has there been a buzz? Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about it. Um, <clears throat> and what to do? Do you need to fix it? Does it change? Does it need to go away? Can I it be fixed? Um, can it be fixed? Can, I think it can be better. I don't think it can be fixed. <clears throat> I don't think you're ever going to get it to be like a real game. No. no. I liked it when it was an exhibition for three in the fourth quarter they played defense. Try to win. And I'm, I'm kind of fine I'm right with that. that. Like, it's... That's what this is. What makes the Pro Bowl stink is that you you don't get to play defense, you don't get to hit, you don't get to tackle. So guys show up and they you know I don't want to be a part of it. Joining us right now from the undefeated, he is Jerry Bembry. What's going on, Jerry? What's up, Rob? Jeremy, how you guys doing, man? Excuse Dope. my voice, man. I'm fighting the cold up here. You know what it was? We he was all, screaming for Mac McClung to win his second uh, slam dunk championship. That's, so. what, he, that's what he had on FanDuel. Yeah. yeah. So now, <laughs> now, Jerry. We were talking yesterday about the All-Star game. Wanted to bring you in on it. 397 points scored. I thought it was embarrassing. Uh, as I was watching it, I was almost watching it face-palmed. And, and to be honest with you, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver looked to be embarrassed also at the trophy presentation. Yeah, he seemed to be embarrassed. And I'm going I'm to be honest with you. I, don't, I think the show has been unwatchable for years, and I didn't even watch it as um, – you know, I, I tried watching a few years back, and I think I can't even remember the last one I went to, but it was unwatchable then. So uh, it's been well more than a decade since these guys have just given up. And it's sad because I, I remember the, uh, the 2001 NBA All Star game in D.C., where it was a duel between Kobe against uh, Allen Iverson and Stephon Marbury, and it went down to the wire, and it was a one point game, and there was so much excitement in the building and ESPN posted a clip of that game a couple of days ago and you saw the intense defense that they played and those guys had pride back then and these guys don't care right now and uh, I don't know how it helps the game I, I guess you you give big numbers from the TV standpoint but um, it's a sad sign for basketball when an all-star game is just a, a poor exhibition like that. Yeah, it sounded like Adam Silver was really upset uh, giving out the award afterwards. Yeah. Um, 
Now, people have talked about like a one-on-one tournament. Do you think there's anything they can add to this or do to this to to make it better for for viewing purposes? I don't know what it is. Um, you know, is it a money incentive? Well, I don't. I don't know if it's money. Uh, and it's it's just funny because I watched part of the uh, the All Star Celebrity Game on Friday, and you got NBA. There was you know Michael Parsons out there. This guy probably has more on the line because an NFL player gets hurt, and you know he jeopardizes everything. There are no real guarantees in NFL, and but he he's out there playing hard, right? And you know he's trying to win the MVP in that game, and and he played with intensity and. Uh, these NBA guys, I don't even think it's a money thing. They make so much money. So um, I don't know what you can do to fix it. A one-on-one tournament is not going to get it for me. Um, I guess if they continue to sell out arenas during their all-star weekend and put that out there, you know, they'll, they'll get their TV ratings. But um, from a fan perspective, I think that the NBA all-star game is actually a reflection of what's going on in the regular season with some of these games in the 150s that you see right now, uh, where there's very little defense and, you know, I'm, I'm from an era, or I, I I admire an era of the old New York Knicks, where you know they laid wood to you, man. If you came down a lane and, and continuously and tried to score a lot, you got knocked down, and you don't get knocked down anymore. Everybody loves each other uh, in today's <laughs> NBA, and yep. uh, I think that takes away from the overall product. Yeah, here with uh, Jerry Bimmer from the Undefeated, I call it LeBron James era is the friendship era of the National yeah. Basketball Association. I want to stick with this for a while because you got your finger po- uh, on the pulse of the NBA. To me, and I said this to Jeremy yesterday, the NBA, out of all the major sports leagues, seems to be the most arrogant, tone-deaf one of them all. The more you say what needs to be done for the fans, it seems the more they ignore you and the more they push back. It seems not only are they not hearing what uh, people are asking for, they're refusing to do it and they go the opposite way. And I mean from the player standpoint, not from Adam Silver. Yeah, you know, a couple of years ago, I think we heard players say, you know, we got to get this more competitive. We got to make it happen. Um, they can do it, right? They can all get together and say, let's just go out there and bust our ass out there and give these fans what they want. Um, you know, all your money is guaranteed. If you, if you break a leg in this all-star game, your money is good for the duration of your contract. So let's go out there and give them a show. But, again, like I said, in the regular season – you guys, you got guys taking 10 days off, 15 games off, um, you know, the load management days. And um, they're not giving the, the, the fans a show during a regular season. So why are they going to give them a show uh, during an all-star game? And you almost have to do what the slam dunk contest did, which yeah. was dead a couple of years ago. And so Matt McClung came and added a little excitement. But you got a guy who wasn't even an NBA who came and saved that thing in recent years. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you get some international players to come in and, and play the NBA all I don't know. I, I just think it's broke. I don't think it could be fixed. Um, and, yeah, I just think that it, that's the way it is. It, it can't be fixed. Hey, think, Jeremy, how would you feel about that if they had the Americans versus the internationals for the All-Star game? <laughs> how would I feel? Well, yeah. I, the internationals would start off with all the MVPs, so they'd be loaded. Would there be any? Would there be any American white dudes on the All Star team? Hey, shut up, Rob. You don't know. We just had a white dude win the dunk contest. What you got to say about that? Twice, twice, twice. What did Charles Barkley say once? The world's messed up. The best golfer in the world's black, and the best rapper's white. Going back to Eminem and Tiger Woods. But I, I want to ask you about the second half of the season um, and this Doc Rivers stuff, which I find interesting because JJ Reddick called him out. 
And then a kid named Austin Rivers, I don't know if they're related, uh, defended <laughs> Doc. Um, but w- what do you make of this? Because he said, yeah, it can't be Doc's fault ever. He comes in, it's really tough to take over a team that has the best record in the middle of the season. Um, what are your thoughts on Doc? There is not a single person in NBA history who has written one moment, one NBA title more than Doc Rivers. <laughs> he won that title with Boston, and he's rode that wave. I mean, he has failed up. Uh, it's amazing, and I, I like Doc. Doc's a great guy, um, but he's not. He's in big moments as an NBA coach. He has not come through, and I don't know what the Milwaukee Bucks were seeking when they hired him. I don't know what they were thinking when they hired Adrian Griffin. I didn't think he was a good fit, um, but for whatever reason, they brought him on. Um, this is a Milwaukee team that's a, a few years removed from an NBA title, and. Uh, they are going nowhere fast. I don't think Doc's the right fit. I mean, he's he's got a, a talented team that that is good enough to win a championship, but I don't think he's the guy that's going to lead them away. It's going to be up to the players to win that title in Milwaukee, not the coach, because Doc Rivers has proved, proven in big game situations that 99% of the time he's not going to get you there. I'm floored that they even hired him. Jerry, Jerry Bimbry, undefeated Jack, can you tell us what you're working on, or is it top secret? Uh, I got a couple of projects I really can't mention right now, but I got something on youth sports and and, and parents' role in youth sports. So, uh, which is a very interesting story. So I'll let you guys know when that drops. See, All you got to do is have draw a picture, create lanes, have players and coaches in one lane, have parents in the other. End the story. I thought. Yeah, <laughs> Rob liked yeah, my idea yeah. earlier today, Jerry. You could write a book on Dion Waiters, and and the title of the book is "I Want to Be as Good at Something as Dion Waiters Thinks He Is at Basketball." That's how I live my life. So, yeah, any of that would apply. <laughs> it sounds good. Some ideas there, you know. But uh, in researching the story, has been really interesting. Oh, sure. uh, you know, I've, I've talked to some some coaches who have gone through some things with some parents, and it's just. It's out of control, and I just saw a recent Matt Barnes clip where he put his hands on a, a high school announcer yeah. in California, uh, which is really interesting. So, um, yeah, I'll let you guys know when the story drops. He's about that life. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, my friend, and have a good one. All right, guys. Take care. Bye. I got to be honest. I, I've, been, I've been lucky throughout my coaching career. I haven't had those parents. I've been lucky. man. I have parents whose kids, kids I coached close to a decade ago that I'm still friends with. I had Still an, comes to the games. I had an assistant coach. Um, and it, by the way, so I, I let uh, the assistant coach, him and his son moved in with me and live with me for almost a year. Um, they fell on hard times. My assistant coach was in a wheelchair and he would challenge people to fights all the freaking time. And he would yell at, I'm like, dude, you got to calm down, man. Like, wh- why are you so angry? And he's like, nobody's going to fight me. I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> like you can't win. Um, so, and, and he's, he's right. <laughs> you can't win if you fight somebody in a wheelchair. Because if you beat him up, you're the guy that beat up a guy in a wheelchair. If he whooped your ass, you got beat up by a guy in a wheelchair. But he would start arguments and fights with people, and I'd have to go up and apologize after the game all the time. Really? Yeah. I never had those assistant coaches either. Yeah. But I guess I've been I've been blessed with parents, man. I, I, I've met friends through kids who have coached their parents. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know they exist because I've seen it. I just haven't had it. 410-583-1057 is the number. 915, we stormed the castle. Are the Ravens better than a healthy Bengals team? We'll talk about that. But on the other side, speaking of Ravens, reaction to the closing of the Zay Flowers investigation. We'll give you our opinion. We ask for yours up next on The Fan. 848 in the AM, Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on The Fan. We've posted this on social media, had lots of uh, comments on it. 
We'll read some of them a little bit later. But what does this the Zay Flower case right now mean for the Ravens and for Zay? Uh, has your view of him as a person changed? For those of you who aren't quite aware of what's going on, the Baltimore County Police investigation connected to Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Zay Flowers has been quote unquote suspended without criminal charges according to documents department the department released Tuesday. The investigation, which is effectively closed, could be reopened if there are any there's any additional information according to a note dated Friday. Identifying information in the report has been uh, redacted, but it indicates Flowers declined through an attorney to be interviewed by police. The documents confirmed uh, earlier as uh, Baltimore Sun reporting about an alleged victim's report to police in Acton, Massachusetts. She told officers there was a, a domestic violent incident in Owens Mills on uh, January 16th in which the suspect's brother also drew a firearm. This is all quote. She declined to name the suspect other than to say he is an NFL player and that they were all over social media as a couple. And recently we got some pictures sent to us from social media of Zay and his girlfriend at the time. We don't know what their relationship is right now. But, um, Jeremy, what does this mean for the Ravens? What does this mean to for Zay Flowers? Yeah, I, honestly, I don't, I don't know that it means anything just yet. The, the only thing that I could see happening from this, unless there's new news that comes out, it doesn't feel like it, that there's going to be, is that Zay gets a slap on the wrist and gets that one or two game suspension from the league because mm-hmm. of the shield and all that. But I still don't understand that. Like, if... If you haven't done anything wrong, or if it's deemed that you didn't do anything wrong, why would you get suspended over it? Because they're telling you it's a bad look for the league that someone accused you of something that you weren't found guilty of? Now, let me partially go into the NFL's defense on this. Okay. The NFL does not go by the investigation that we're reading. They conduct their own investigation, and they determine whether or not you're suspended. Allegedly, they determine whether you're suspended based on their investigation. However, I know there's been a time in the past where one of the investigators found nothing wrong. And the Ezekiel and the, Yeah, and yeah. they were still suspended. So that's why I said partially. They do they do conduct their own investigation. Well, you asked me, does it change your mind on Zay at all and what you've seen from him or what you know about him? Um, mind? Yeah. I'll say it again to you. I said it off air. What I know of Zay Flowers is this. He's a heck of a football player. The guy that I advocated for last year, get him the ball more. This kid can go. This kid can absolutely go. We called him a Tyreek Hill light. It's funny, but at the time we said we just don't want him to be like Tyreek Hill. Remember mm-hmm. we said that? <laughs> um, we said that about him. Zay Flowers is a guy, as a rookie, uh, was targeted 108 times, caught 77 of those for 858 yards and five touchdowns. That's what I know about Zay Flowers. That's what I think about Zay Flowers. Great football player. Thought that before this alleged happened. I think the same thing about him. I don't know the kid. I don't know. I've met him once at Jimmy's. I shook his hand, you know, and that was it. I don't know him. There's certain pro athletes that you could you ask me about, I can tell you, no, nah, I know them. Well, what do you think? And it, and it may maybe what I know about them personally, when I found this about Ray Rice, when I found out what happened in Atlantic City, I was hurt. Because I knew Ray Rice. I was hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, Ray, come on, man. You're better than that. And and I'm proud of the way he's come through that. 
but initially I was hurt. I don't know Zay Flowers. So I can't speak for him, speak against him. Allegations are allegations. I just want him to, you know, get right as a man and get back on the field and play football. I don't, I don't know him. You kind of feel the same exact way I do about this. Like, you know, we're, we're moving past it now because um, we don't have any information that, that puts us in another situation and say, hey, he does need to have this done or the Ravens need to look out. It, it seems it's, I don't want to say much ado about nothing, but realistically with the findings, that's what it's going to be. So I, I don't know that we're going to get anything other. I don't even think we're going to get the suspension from the league personally, but um, we shall see. 410-583-1057 is the number. Jeremy, this this takes us to to um, another thing. Do we hold pro athletes to a higher standard? To a higher standard. Yeah. Now, I'll ask you this. If Zay Flowers started a Marvel movie, if Zay Flowers had a double platinum album, number one charted, would we be? T- would you care as much as you do Zay Flowers, the sensational rookie for the Ravens? No. Would I personally? I mean, we'd still talk about those stories. I mean, like when you're, uh, depending on what you want to bring up and which, if you want to take a look at Jonathan Majors, and you're talking about Marvel, what mm-hmm. happened to him? Like, was that just? Did he deserve to lose his career over what happened in that car? I don't know. I don't know if that's the right answer, but it feels like it. He already lost his job with Marvel, which would have set him up for the rest of his life. Um, you talk about other situations that we've had with whether it's, um, you know, the Chris Brown situation. I was just hearing about that this weekend as it was brought back up um, because of, like, I guess his tie-in with Soldier Boy. I saw an interview right. with him talking right. about what happened that night. But if you're talented, you get more opportunities in this world. We know that for a fact. Jonathan Majors is talented. He's not getting more opportunities. Well, we well I heard we he got, was hard to work with, though. We got to wait to find out if he's going to get another one. But I heard, some he was extre- get I heard he was extremely hard to work with. And maybe some people in Hollywood are thinking, Psh, good, like, now i got a reason. You never know that. And if that's what they're thinking, I'm not defending him. I'm just that's, that's on him. But I'm just saying maybe his situation is different. I just feel like, and maybe I'm jaded, uh, Jeremy, because I'm in the sports world. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you, yeah, well, you and I do it, but you, you had a, that's a great point. Majors is, is we got video of him being chased. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, when and I read all this, canceled. and again, I don't know all the information in that. When I read it, I just didn't understand why he's being, like, I get it if you're upset over some of the things that happened, but mm-hmm. really? Guy needs to lose his job over that and all the other... I, Look, when you have to answer to somebody else, and that's what it's going to be. Right. Uh, like, if you're a musician, you probably have to answer to your record label. But if you're selling albums, do they care? They don't care. They don't care. Unless it's a really bad look. Like, Kanye West comes out and says some anti-Semitic things. Yeah, you're going to get dropped by some of your sponsors. It's just going to happen. We uh, stormed the castle at 915. Don't go anywhere. But on the other side, what does this mean to the Ravens? What does this mean to Flowers? Has your view of him as a person changed? Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. 903 in the AM, Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Investigations, Zay Flowers essentially closed by Baltimore County Police Department. What does this mean for, for Flowers? What does it mean for the Ravens? And has your opinion about him personally changed as a result of all of this? Let's go to Middle River to Jack. What's up, Jack? Hey, what's up, Rob, man? Um, I don't look at him uh, different because I don't really know him. But I think the NFL is going to be watching them and raise and a bunch of antennas just went up, man, because they want to protect that shield. I agree with you. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. He said basically he's a marked man by the NFL now. 
Could be. I mean, you have another. It's it's now um a pattern if he has something else pop up, right? Like yeah. then then all of a sudden you're like, okay, what's going on here? But you hope that's not the case. You hope this is something that's I don't want to say swept under the rug again. Uh, from the police findings, it sounds like there's it's much ado about nothing right now. Um, but again, maybe it's something to where you can't prove it. Somebody's changed their story. I yeah. don't know, but this is all we have to go off of. Let's go to uh, Towson and get uh, Ed. What's up, Ed? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How you doing? Doing well. I'm good. So, so here's the deal with this young man, and I've, I've coached a lot of young men that have gone into the pros. Uh, Rob, this is a, a, a conversation years ago from a GM to a young man said, "Look, we love you, and we think you got a bright future, but at the end of the day, the people, the hangers on, you're gonna have to deal with." I'm not going to tell you we're going to deal you deal you away or anything like that because cause we can't tell you who to, who you we can't judge your friends that's not our job but you are a commodity that is that that we have invest we have invested in and the company you keep you need to watch the company that you keep and that's all I I mean he ain't listening to me but that's what I would tell him cuz I've given that advice to many athletes yo when you step into that door you got cameras, you got, you know, you know, you got cameras, you got phones and everything. So you need to monitor. You want to play for 10 years. You want to make some money. So think about your future and think about the company you keep. I'm not saying he's around the bad, wrong people, but where there's smoke, there might be fire. So to avoid the fire and have a good long career, check yourself and you'll have a good career. That's it. Thanks Take a care, lot. I appreciate it. Let's go to Matt in Baltimore. What's up, Matt? Hey, good morning, fellas. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Hey. No, I'm not bad. Um, my views, obviously, as you said, Robin, with you, I don't know him. So my views on him as a person, I never had a view on him as a person because I only know him as a player. But what I don't like about these situations is how how quickly it comes out public. And then if it does go like it did, the charges are dropped or suspended, then nobody remembers that. All they remember is that he – he had a domestic violence issue, and we don't really know if he did, but that's all the sticks. But see, Matt, I, I disagree. I, just, in this, I disagree in this case. This didn't come out publicly quickly. Yeah, this this was around for this was around for two or three weeks before it came out. I, I think I think the law enforcement did a good good job of dotting the eyes and cross crossing the T's on this one. This didn't come out quickly, Jeremy. Yeah, that's look. That stuff's bound to get out at some point, but. Uh, um, yeah, so th- this was a situation where it took a couple of weeks. Like, we were even – we heard about it ahead of time, but nobody was running with it because nobody had Enough. definitive information to sit here and say you should go with it. And I think that's a big problem. There's so many people that want to be first instead of being right or getting at least a story right um, that we have this happen all the time. But we didn't talk about it. I mean, I actually went out and talked to a Ravens Nest group, and I was like, yeah, we're, you know, we were talking behind the scenes. I said, there's some stu- interesting stuff about Zay Flowers going to come out. And the next day or two days later, it all came out. So I, I don't know. I like I don't know that this necessarily means anything moving forward unless it happens again. Let's go to Jack and Bel Air. What's up, Jack? Hey guys, how are you? Good. Doing well, how are you? Good. Hey, the the thing that chaps my ass about all this is the fact that the NFL thinks that they can discipline people after the fact. So an investigation is pretty thorough and comes back and says, Yeah, it's much to about nothing. But then the NFL keeps coming out and saying, Well, we still have the right to, to to suspend him or fine him or do whatever. If he didn't do anything wrong, and I've heard this in your update, I've heard it on ESPN, and I've heard it on NFL Network, how the NFL has the right to do whatever they want. How could they still say that after an investigation came back with nothing? Jack, the investigation is either he did something, he didn't do anything unlawful, or someone's not cooperating, so law enforcement can't make you do anything. A company 
can discipline you for doing something wrong but not illegal. Law enforcement can't 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 process can't go through the process if, if nothing illegal is proven. Those are two completely different things. My company can suspend me for doing something that's not illegal. Law enforcement, I have to be do have to do something illegal to lock me up. So the NFL does have the right. They do. That's like any other company. Mm-hmm. Your company can discipline you for doing something against their policy. That means it's unlawful. This means it's against their policy. I, you know, we, we had the incident earlier about the dump button, right? Where we had to put the dump button. Somebody said something they shouldn't have. Hello? Can't believe you said that, Trippy. No. So uh, we had an incident here where I hit the dump button. I was producing on a show. I hit the dump button like 10 times. Yeah. It didn't dump. Like, you know, the so the, the words got out over the air. They came down. I got suspended uh, without pay for two days. And then they did research. And then they found out that the button was jammed. It didn't work. So it wasn't my fault. I did what I was like, that's why I'm still here. Else right. I'd have been fired. Right. But they suspended me for two days while they did the research to find out what happened with it. I mean, I think this goes on more than we think with with other places and things that you're doing in, in your everyday life. And I'm not saying I like it, but don't say the NFL doesn't have the right. They have that's a private company. They have the right to do whatever they want. Whatever they want. Yeah. You know, you don't even have to like it. But if that's their policy, and you're not both know, Jeremy, you could have someone not not um, cooperating with law enforcement. Law enforcement may know you, he did it, but she's not cooperating. And the NFL said, comes back around and said, look, we're not trying to lock you up. See, the, the law enforcement is just locking you up. That's it. If you're not cooperating, then their job's done. There's nothing to, I don't have nothing to lock you up for. My job's done. But NFL comes in, does some investigation and says, listen, man, we know what took place. You know what took place. Here's the trail. Yeah, We're going to suspend you for two games because of it. They didn't have enough evidence to prove it, but you put yourself in a situation. Yeah. It's like if you're out at a bar and a bar fight happens and you try to break it up and all of a sudden you get hit, you grab somebody, throw somebody off the pile, you get called out. You didn't do anything wrong, but you're there. You're there. So, I, you know, again, there's some things aren't going to seem fair. I, I don't like what the league does with it, especially if you go back to the Zeke Elliott thing where they looked into it, didn't find anything, and they still suspended him six games. 410-583-1057. That's the number. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Daily Line at 930. Encore and Black History Moment at 945. But on the other side, we storm the castle. Jeremy Kahn, are the Ravens better than a healthier Cincinnati Bengals team? We'll talk about that up next on the fan. Coming up on 815 in the AM, Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. The Baltimore Ravens winners of the AFC North this year. Jeremy Kahn, Ravens. Go thirteen and four. Bengals finished in last place, going nine and eight. That's being unhealthy without Joe Burrow being healthy. Bengals in twenty twenty two. What did they do? Won a division. Twenty twenty one. Won a division. Twenty twenty. Now they finished in last place, but that was before Joe Burrow or else was, was, uh, injured Joe Burrow. So my question to you is this, Con. When is the last time we've seen both Burrow and Lamar healthy in the same season? All it's year. A, it's been a long time, right? Or maybe we haven't really. I don't know if we have. 2020, he was hurt. Yeah. So we haven't 2021, had Lamar got hurt. 2022, Lamar got hurt. 2023, Burrow got hurt. So we've never seen them go 16, 17 games head-to-head versus one another. I, I mean, are we being a little bit dismissive of Cleveland, or are you not even putting them in the conversation here? I, this is what I learned about Cleveland. Cleveland, you know how you've been in a relationship before and you've been hurt? Mm-hmm. So next time you just don't do it again like that. You you kind of you going a little bit apprehensive. Cleveland's hurt me before. 
several times. This is the year Cleveland will do it. This is the year Cleveland will do it. And then they had to go get Joe Flacco to do it. Eh, and they ain't really do it. Well, I, look, I, I do think these teams are eerily similar, speaking of just Cincinnati and Baltimore. Um, Cleveland's got their issues with Deshaun Watson and how much they're going to be paying him. they got to yeah. figure that out. But I think both rosters are eerily similar. Um, it does sound like Cincinnati's moving on from Joe Mixon, which I don't think is a bad thing. I mean, we've, we've kind of got a, a vision of what Joe Mixon's been, not what he is right now. And I think the guys behind him are a little bit better. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. They've got decisions to make on T. Higgins too, right? Did they not sign him? I don't think he's – is he under contract? I think he's a free agent, wasn't he? Or I don't uh-huh. know if he hit the market. But, like, I, I think they have some uh, some interesting debates in what they have to get. But, like, let's be honest. If Joe Burrow is healthy, they're in the mix. They're they're fighting for the division lead if he's healthy. So I, I think both the teams are – I'm not telling you – it's hard to say one's better than the other right now with not knowing who's going to be back. But um, – I, me being here, I, I I would give the Ravens the edge because of the running game and their defense. I don't know what to expect from Cincinnati's defense. They were really bad last year. And you could say part of that's because the offense wasn't good when Burrow went out specifically. But their defense was getting, I mean, chunked. We were talking about you play tight ends against Cincinnati. You play this against. They just uh, they, they need to figure some things out on that side of the ball. And maybe a healthy Joe Burrow helps them out because you're not leaving them out to dry all the time. But um, I do I would give the slight edge to the Ravens here. Slight. That's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, why the slight? Is it well, defense? Yeah, it's it, like I, I just think. Look, they have some things to figure out on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but the Ravens, they'll figure out the running game. They'll figure out the wide receivers. I'm not worried about that stuff. But on on the defensive side of the ball, I think they have a huge edge over Cincinnati. And some people may say, well, Cincinnati's offense can be better. The running game's not going to be better than in Baltimore. We know that. Um, so, yeah, you're going to have to be better as a passing team and be more efficient. Uh, but I do think those battles are going to be fun when those guys are healthy. Speaking of Lamar and Joe, of course. 410-583-1057, that's the number. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Uh, yeah, I, I believe that they, the, the Baltimore Ravens are better, are a better football team uh, when both are healthy. Uh, I think Lamar is a little bit more dynamic, or a lot more dynamic than than Joe Burrow. I think he's a sensational quarterback. But you said the running game. I think the defense is better. And to be honest with you, I think the coaching is better on the Baltimore Ravens. And I know, I know, there's been lots of criticism of of, of John um, John Harbaugh, but I think he's a better coach. And I think when it comes down to that, Baltimore Ravens get the nod in the AFC North. Look, they they very easily could. I I, I want to see what Cincinnati's going to do in the offseason. The one thing I have to see from Cincinnati is outside of the top end of the draft where they've hit Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. Are they hitting in the middle rounds? Are they are they right. getting picks? Are, are you getting cheap talent that can start for you? I think that's what I need to see more of from Cincinnati. And right now, I don't have an answer if if they're, you know, if they're hitting on some of those picks. We'll we'll find out more as things go on. Um, but they've done a really good job at finding wide receivers. <laughs> they've done a really good job at at finding their quarterback. But you picked number one overall. Can you find pieces on the defensive side and the one thing I'll say too is like Hendrickson and um, oh, forgive me, who's the big the big boy that ran the touchdown all the way back? Um, those two guys, th- their pass rushers have really helped them out. Now they're getting older. Are you still going to get the same type of production out of those guys? Yeah, are they going to lose T. Higgins? Um, here, Cincinnati has here. I- I've got a Cincinnati fan that's blowing me up. Um, they'd have to franchise tag Higgins if he's going to stay. Cincinnati has $50 million in cap space. So 
they can potentially keep him, according to, to him. But um, will they put that franchise tag on T. Higgins? Yeah, I just got a story here from a day ago in the Cincinnati Acquirer. Are they going to franchise him? It's mm. a tough call. I mean, look, you got Tyler Boyd when he first came in. He's a slot receiver. I, I've, I've always liked Tyler Boyd. Um, and then you mix in with Jamar Chase. That's your go-to guy. So if you have a two-headed monster there on offense, maybe they find a, a tight end. I mean, would have Brock Bowers fit there perfectly uh, if they got themselves a marquee tight end to go along with Joe Burrow? Would be interesting in the draft. I, I just want to see what they're going to do. Now, you asked me, am I dismissing Cleveland? Are you dismissing Cleveland? I'm not. I, like, I think I think defensively they were pretty special. Um, I just, I'm just i dismissing them. If Deshaun Watson looks like he looked this year and last year, they're not going anywhere. He has to be better. You You picked up... An old Joe Flacco off the scrap heap and took that team to the playoffs. Yeah. You're paying this guy a ton of money, like too much money. You got to figure out a way to get in. If you can't get in, then what? Like, how can I sit here and tell you that I'm buying into Cleveland when I can't buy into Deshaun Watson? It means the rest of the team has to go perfect. And again, this is a team that didn't have Nick Chubb. They're talking about is Nick Chubb going to be a cap casualty? That would piss off a lot of Cleveland fans. I know it's a running back, but that would piss off a ton of Browns fans. Nick Chubb? Yeah. How much would have pissed him off considering that, that horrific injury that he had? I don't think it matters. Ready? I, I think fans love Nick Chubb there in Cleveland. I think if you ask Browns fans, they by no means do they want to see him leave. And even though that the running back position in the league is a little bit overrated, if that's fair to say, or at least you can find cheaper running backs, but I, yeah. I, the fans there love Chubb. Because of what he's done so far. Yeah. So, so if you gave a pecking order right now, all four teams, let's go division first. In the AFC North, give me the pecking order. I mean, I'm still going to put the Ravens up top, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. I don't buy into Pittsburgh at all. And now, now here's the one caveat. Pittsburgh makes a move for Justin Fields. Then bets off. Pittsburgh makes a move for Kirk Cousins, which they're, they're favorites to land both of those guys, which leads me to believe they're going to get one of them. And I think Pittsburgh's quarterback, if it's Fields – to me, that's scarier than the back end of a career Kirk Cousins. Now, Joe, you have some uh, uh, info from Chad Ochocinco. Chad Ochocinco said a little birdie told him Russell Wilson will sign with the Steelers. Yeah, that was the other name. So maybe I'm uh, – does, does that move you? No. No. He can go up north and not poop for a while if that's what he wants to do. All right. Now, you gave me the pecking order. Give me your top five in the AFC – top four in the AFC in order. Top four number teams? one. Number one. I guess we're still putting Kansas City up top. Um, I think you have to. Oh, man, Buffalo's up against it with the cap. I, I'll i go Baltimore second, um, Cincinnati third, and then Buffalo. You do? I, go I think with, Houston's I'll go with your top though. three, but Houston's my number four. Yeah, well, I think Buffalo takes a big step back. Yeah. Possibly. Can Jacksonville take a step forward? Does Houston? I think we're all about do the Chargers now. I don't with believe in Jacksonville. I told you that. Do you I believe you. in the Chargers with a new coach? I'll have to see it first. I don't know who Justin Herbert is. Who's going to be Denver's quarterback next year? That's a good question. I don't think they're relevant either way. That's a good question. I think Atlanta and Pittsburgh can become relevant really quick if they get a quarterback. I think both of those teams can. And there was a weird thing, too, this week where Justin Fields unfollowed some Bears players and started following all the Atlanta players. Um, so 
we'll see. We'll see what happens. The draft's not that far, um, and there'll be some significant trades that are going to affect the outcome of this entire league for years to come, especially that number one pick. Joe LaCroix's encore and Black History moment at 945, but on the other side, Jeremy Conn, it's the Daily Line. Yeah, a little angry about last night. Is uh, It was a winning night, but my favorite play missed. I'll tell you what went wrong in that. Um, and I did tell everybody, if you bet all these on the money line, the other four plays on the money line, I was going to put them in a parlay. That hit if you played it. So uh, that was 4-1. and one. But the Michigan State-Iowa game over the total was my favorite. What happened when they scored 79 points in the first half? I'll tell you what went wrong in the second half when we come back right after this. The Big Bad Daily Line. Sponsored by the Green Turtle Bet Parks Sportsbooks. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Parks Sportsbooks. With locations in Camden, Towson, and enjoy the best-in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities. Bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. 105.7 The Fan. Missed the jump hook in the lane. Iowa with a rebound. Tony Perkins going to take his man off the drive. He's knocked sideways, still scores. How about that? Muscled it up and in. There you go. That's courtesy. Yeah, that was a crazy shot that Perkins hit there. He hasn't been shooting the ball well, courtesy of the Hawkeyes Radio Network. Um, But, yeah, frustrating night because I had the over in this game, and it was one of my favorite plays, and I still think the game should have went over. Iowa in the second half went on a – it was almost a six-minute scoreless streak. Uh, and it finishes at 149. The total was 154 and a half. I told you I thought the total should be in the 160s. Usually the first half is lower scoring than the second half. This was one of those anomalies where 79 points scored in the first half. And uh, we didn't get that in the second half. Not quite there. And, and it was frustrating. I, I liked Michigan State as well. I did hit quite a bit last night. Called Utah State. Called BYU. Called UMass. Called Creighton knocking off UConn, which I'm kind of pissed at myself that I didn't make it a top play. Um... And Wake Forest, who they won by almost like 40. Uh, so I had a bunch of great calls last night. It just didn't pan out because of Michigan State. Also had Wisconsin was a loss. Um, loved them in that spot. I talked about it. It's kind of weird. The two that I talked most vocal about, I missed. The other three I hit. Um, a frustrating night, though. Like, I, I'm watching that game, and they're missing front ends of one-and-ones, and you know how important those can be. And then when one team gets a lead, Iowa had that lead. They go on the five-minute scoreless streak. Then they get an offensive rebound, and they bring the ball back out and hold it for another, you know, 30 seconds. Which, mm-hmm. uh, And then they, they also take bad shots. But you can't fault them when they're taking bad shots and making them, and then they take bad shots and then miss them. But, um, yeah, it was very, very frustrating last night. So where do we look today? In the NHL, <clears throat> wasn't a ton today in the NHL that really stood out to me. Um, not a lot of games as we have it. You know, we... Uh, you're looking at Toronto and Arizona, Columbus, Anaheim, Philly, Chicago, Buffalo, Montreal, and Boston, Edmonton. Uh, there were no totals that really jumped out to me, and I'm not playing any sides. If I were, I think Columbus is interesting on the road against Anaheim. Both teams aren't very good. Um, Boston on the road at Edmonton, but really, I don't want to play it. So I'm staying away from the NHL. It's going to be all college basketball for me tonight, and I think there's a lot of great overplays tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... We have some incredibly high totals, some that are going to give you sticker shock as soon as you look at them. Um, For example, Alabama's in action tonight. They're playing in a really fast-paced game against Florida. Any idea what that total is? Alabama's versus Florida. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, 175. Damn, 174. Look at you. Look at you. Look, I'm on email. I'm not even on the page. Oh, I just saw the page turn. Uh, no. 
No, I look good. Look, it was a good pull. We have other high total games as well. Kentucky's in action against LSU, one sixty-two and a half. I think both are great overplays. I think George Washington St. Joe is a great overplay. Furman and Sanford, it's the big one. Sanford's in action. I don't know if his sons will be Subway. there. Or not. I don't think so. Over one sixty-four and a half. I love all these totals. These are high numbers. But these should be extremely fast-paced games. I think Mississippi State's in a great spot against Ole Miss. Um, some other games. There's big games tonight, but for the most part, I'm going to stay away from a lot of them, just to be brutally honest. Um, I think Rhode Island's in an interesting spot against Richmond. Kind of curious. Notre Dame stinks. But if they're going to win one, I think it's going to be tonight against Louisville. I'm not betting it, but I think Notre Dame's in an interesting spot on the road against Louisville. They're only one-and-a-half-point dogs. Um but, yeah, some marquee matchups you guys can take a, a look at. Some smaller schools that are playing. George Mason, interesting against Dayton as a home dog. Uh, Illinois is on the road at Penn State. Penn State's always been a tough place to play. Illinois is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm staying away from the game. I might leave Penn State there. But, yeah, there's some big numbers tonight. But for the most part, some smaller schools. We do have some ACC action. Big Ten, Nebraska's at Indiana. Again, Assembly Hall, a tough place to play. Nebraska's a one-point favorite. Do you want to go there? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I also saw something I thought was really interesting today about ranked teams. Um, Ranked teams, when they play each other, the home favorite, if that should be, you know, if you have a, whoever the home favorite is, they're like 25-4 and this year when ranked teams meet up. So, telling you that you probably should lean towards the home team in those scenarios. So, there you go. That's all I have for you tonight. Like I said, it's just college basketball, um, but that's where we're at. There you go. 410-583-1057. That's the number. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Talk about college basketball, though. There's been a lot of upsets of number one this year. Number one just can't stay uh, stay unblemished once they become number one. Yeah, UConn was the one that was really staying away from it for a while there. And uh, last night, the hiccup against Creighton. I talked about it. Creighton does not have the horses that UConn has. But I feel like they can match up with them. It's one of those instances where Creighton, I don't want to say they have to play their best game, but if they play a good game, they can beat UConn, which we saw last night. But I still think UConn's the best <clears throat> best team in the country. Gets me choked up. What did you say about the uh, Dayton-George Mason game? Anything? I thought I think George Mason's a live dog there. It's I think like so. Getting three and a half. I think so. I believe it's what I saw. Was it three and a half or two and a half? What's going on with Miami? I know they faced Duke tonight. Miami's been... They, they looked like they were going to do something earlier in yeah. the season. They were ranked early, and they yeah. just kind of fell off. Wins versus uh, Clemson, and they had back-to-back losses to Wake Forest. And Louisville. Yeah. Louisville stinks. Louisville right. stinks badly. That's, I just said, you know that the coach is, don't you? Who? Danny Manning. Wherever he goes, <laughs> they stink well, as a coach. I, I, love, I love Danny Manning, the basketball player. I love him. As a coach, no bueno. Yeah, you weren't a big fan of when he came up. No, I wasn't. I wasn't a fan when he was at uh, Wake Forest. Tulsa. Where else nope. he been? He's been everywhere. Nope. Well, I watched some of this game. It's like very blah. Yeah, but I'd say this with college hoops, like uh, getting a chance to see the SEC. You, um, Kentucky and LSU will be fun tonight, although Kentucky, I mean, they're only six point six and a half point favorites, but that Alabama game is just going to be fun. Alabama's got a ton of talent. Sears and the rest of that crew. Oh, they're so much fun to watch. Let me ask you this, Jeremy. Why can't a school like Paul be good. They're in Chicago. You would think maybe the number three and four prospects out of Chicago would want to stay. They're 0-14 in the Big East, and they're 25-and-a-half-point underdogs tonight. 
and the conference game. It's the Big East. Well, I mean, I think NIL is part of that, and is the Paul place where you're going to be able to find your coach of the future and keep him? Because as soon as he gets good there, somebody else is going to come calling. Right? That's what I mean. Uh, That's how it Chicago. works in basketball. I think Cincinnati's in an interesting spot tonight against Oklahoma State. The, the weird, the Big Twelve betting on the home teams when the Big Twelve top twenty-five meet each other has been absolute gold. They've been winning every single game. The home teams. Last night we had a, a similar situation with Baylor going on the road to BYU. BYU wins at home. Um, we had a couple of them last night where it was top twenty-five matchups. UConn being the other one going to Creighton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how much is LSU? They fallen stink. off since they can't cheat anymore. Yeah, they, they stink. They're awful this year, which is like in the beginning of the year, they were scoring some, and I thought that they might be a middle of the pack team, but I just I haven't seen anything from them this year to even lead me to believe that at any point uh, past the beginning of the season when you weren't really playing um, any good teams. And you brought up DePaul. DePaul's playing Marquette. Yeah. You know, Marquette wants to lick its wounds. Oh, yeah. After what just happened against oh, UConn. Yeah. They'd, they'd love to go out there and you know, show DePaul why they're little brother. You like um, what Shaka Smart has done there? Yeah. Going back home to Milwaukee? I, look, I, I think Shaka Smart's a great coach. I didn't think the Texas thing fit, even though he should have gotten better players to kind of fit what he wants. Now at Marquette, I think he's going to succeed there. And that's probably a place that he stays for a long, long time. He's home. Yeah. He's literally home. I can't see him leaving there. It would be stupid for him to leave there. Uh, Texas has, um, you know, you talk about Texas. They had a good year, I think, right after him, but now not so much. They were twelve and four. No, no, they're uh, six and seven at home. I mean, correction in the conference, seventeen to nine overall. They're not doing nearly as well as they did right after Shaka left. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, the whole situation with losing their coach, partially, but I think they like the guy that's there now. And then uh, when you talk about Texas, I mean, they're going to go. They had a bunch of transfers come in. I, I'm so like every time I hear him pronounce Abmus name, uh, A B M U S, it, it's it's pronounced differently. Their their point guard that transferred in from where did he come from? North Texas, I, I, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, really good player, outside shooter. But Disu's their guy. You know, yeah. it, they go as far as he goes, and he's he's going to be an NBA talent. Uh, watching him against Iowa State, he was shooting some threes. He was keeping them in the game, which they had no business being in that game. Uh-huh. They eventually got blown out. Now I I don't want to put you on on. One blast right now, mm-hmm. uh, so I'll give you mine first, and then you can give me yours. The most surprising team in the country for me right now, one of the most, not the most, tough to say that, is Duke at twenty five. You didn't think they'd be here. You thought they'd be better. I didn't. I think I thought for sure they'd feel the effects of Coach K leaving. I mean, I feel like they have. There's a lot of talent there. They're Twenty and five, though. I know that's not bad. They they've been in more games uh, where they had the chance to lose against inferior opponents this year. But Duke's good. Duke's really good. They're really good. Jeremy. Roach, Filipowski. I mean, you've got a eleven and three. I mean, they're really. I thought, if I'm not mistaken, Tommy Amaker did not want to sit on the bench to be that the coach you're waiting for one year. Am I right? Yeah. I thought the best thing. That Coach K did was decide to get the guy on the bench. Yeah, I think that helped. It's it's one thing for you to so, and if you notice about Shire, Coach K deferred to Shire a lot in his his last year. Coach K is one of those guys, and I know a lot of you don't like him. It's going to kill a lot of you. Coach K is one of those guys that leaves the university and wants the university 
not to miss him. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys want you to miss him when they're gone. He didn't want that. And he brought Shire in, and you started seeing the transition to Shire while Coach K was still in the building. Not a lot of people. That's a man who's comfortable in his own skin and knows who he is. I, for me, the biggest surprise – well, I'll, I'll give you two, for example. Like, the biggest surprise as far as I didn't think they were going to be this good and they were good last year is Iowa State to me. Okay, very I, good. Iowa State, very impressive. And then the team that's above them, Houston. Like, yeah. I don't want to like Houston because of Kelvin They're Sampson. They're so good, though. Every time They're I watch so them play as a basketball fan, they play the right way. They're so good, yeah. So talented. They got a freshman that does – I don't think he knows how to walk and chew yeah. bubblegum yet, and the kid's going to be a lottery pick when he decides to come out. Joe has the encore. You don't want don't, you don't want to miss it. I'll get that out. Also, my Black History moment to find out what we learned today on the fan. My shovel goes to uh, this mom that brought her daughter to work. What did, so she, what did she do? She gives Brazilians, and not only did she bring her daughter to work, she put her to work. Oh my! Here's gosh. a picture. Whose legs are in the air there, and who's in front of that oh woman giving God. her a Brazilian? That's right a now. dude. That's a woman and a little girl. That's a woman with legs up in the air like that. Yeah, that's a woman's legs. Look, some big, some big legs. Oh, okay, now I see. Yes, yeah, up in the air like that. Look, look. That's the mom. And what is so she thinking I about? I retweeted this story. She looks Brazilian. First off, if I'm a lady and you send a kid in the room to do this, I've got issues with it right away. Why is that kid in the room with me while I'm naked? Why is that kid in here while I'm naked? It's just not happening. And then you send her over to actually do the work? Boy, oh boy. 30-year-old Jasmine Moss was booked last week on child neglect uh, charges after cops say they received complaints about her posting graphic images on social media that depicted her 5-year-old daughter working at the waxing So business. she... Took she pictures. outed herself. She took pictures and put it on social media. Mm-hmm. Look at this. My girl's all grown up. Ladies, ladies, 410-583-1057. How would you feel if the person that did your Brazilian, I'm serious about this, if you found out they were taking pictures and putting it on social media? Give us a call right now. Go ahead, Jerry. Go. Of your hoo-ha. They can see hoo-ha. her hoo-ha. Got it all the check. <laughs> I thought it was a man in that photo because that was a... I thought big so, girl. too. That's big legs, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. well, hold on. She still wants a kitty cat to look nice. I'm not saying you? it wasn't, but I'm just saying initially it was not. not it wasn't Why just, can't a big girl have a nice kitty cat? No, Jeremy, it wasn't big fat. It was big muscular. You got a problem with her hoo-ha? I never saw her hoo-ha. What the hell? Is that a man or a woman's legs? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just so wrong. Jeremy, those are muscular legs, man. <laughs> look at the hamstrings on that lady. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine a meal kick for that woman? A oh, man. <laughs> and that's the uh, <laughs> that's the encore for the day. Now time for our Black History moment. Today, boys and girls, are going to tell you all about Chloe Anthony Woodford Morrison. You know her as Toni Morrison. She was an American novelist. Her first novel, The Bluest Eye, was published in 1970. The critically acclaimed Song of Solomon 1977 brought her national uh, attention and won the National Book Critics Circle Award. In 1988, Morrison won the Pulitzer Prize for Beloved. That's actually in 1987 when she wrote it. She won the Pulitzer in 1988. Uh, she was awarded the Nash, uh, Nobel Prize in Literature in 1993. Born and raised in Lorraine, Ohio, Morrison graduated from Howard University in 1953 with a B.A. in English. She earned a master's degree in American literature 
from Cornell University in 1955. In 1957, she returned to Howard University, was married, had two children before divorcing in 1965. Morrison became the first black female editor in fiction at Random House in New York City in the late 1960s. She developed her own reputation as an author in the 1970s and 80s. Her novel, Beloved, was made into a film in 1998. Morrison's work was praised for addressing the harsh consequences of racism in the United States and the black American experience. The National Endowment for the Humanities selected Morrison for the Jefferson Lecture, the U.S. federal government's highest honor for achievement in humanities in 1996. She was honored with the National Book Foundation's Medal of Distinguished Contributions to American Letters the same year. President Barack Obama presented her with the Presidential Medal of Freedom on May 29, 2012. She received the Penn Saul Bellow Award for Achievement in American Fiction in 2016. Morrison was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame in 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, Toni Morrison. Nice. Yeah, great career. Great career. She passed away in uh, 2019 at the age of 88. Mm. Man, that's not Howard and Cornell. She's smart. I, listen, I, think about this. She graduated with a master's degree in American literature. That means you knew what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody goes to school for American literature unless they know exactly what they want to do. Yeah, read a lot. Mm. That's a good thing, though. For who? Not for me. You don't like reading? No, I like watching. I got you. So you don't want to. You don't want to read the book. You want to watch the movie version. Of Let it. the boy watch. Yes. <laughs> and by the way, can I say something to the yes. people that called in about our encore earlier today? I was, I was, I was stalling to give you time to do that. I thought uh, you were going to. No, but Joe brought. People were complaining, saying, "Oh, they were at home, so she didn't take her daughter to work." Shut up. Like that's not the point of the story. the The point of the story is why was she in the room? She didn't. She didn't have to go in the room, and she didn't. She didn't have to wax those people either. Let me explain something to you. What the hell? My therapist operates from a wing in her house. She has kids. I never see them. No, nope. I never see them. At times, I forget that we're in the wing in her house. I never see these people. So. Why was the little girl there, number one? And why was she participating in the Brazilian wax, number two? The little It's not her fault. The little girl's name is Nair. She's the hair remover. Too soon. Oh, sorry. Now it's time for you to find out what, we, what Jeremy learned today. <laughs> now you can give that joke, Jeremy. All right. The Pope is handing out miracles. A guy named Billy walks on stage and asks, Billy. It could be the same Billy. Can you help me out with my hearing? The Pope says yes, puts his hands on his ears, and prays. He removes his hands and asks, how's your hearing now? And Billy says, I don't know. It's not until next Wednesday. <laughs> no? <laughs> Is that one working for you, Joe? <laughs> I bought shoes from a drug dealer once. I'm not sure what he laced them with, but I was tripping all day. No. No? Not for you? No. I like that one, actually. I think that's a pretty good one. Um what did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet? Supplies! Recently, I tried watching a documentary on wild pigs. It was pretty boring. Wait a minute, can we go back to the janitor one? It's a supply closet. Supplies. Oh, it's a supplies. Instead of surprise. It's a surprise. Yeah. Okay, I, I misheard you. Okay.
So, now that is funny. Now that's funny. My wife and I had reservations last night. We arrived early to the restaurant, and the manager came over and said, do you mind waiting? And I said, no. So he said, here, take these to table eight. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> last night, I locked eyes with a spider, but instead of killing him, I ran away and hid so he can spend the night wondering where the hell I am. No. No. That didn't work for you? No, it didn't work for me. Oh. Supplies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe, what color's the wind? It's blue. <laughs> Why does he love that one? It's, I'm, laughing even... because, I'm laughing because he loves that it's one. so stupid. The... <laughs> blue. Um, here, I'll give you one more here. Uh, this morning, I saw my neighbor talking to her cat. It was obvious the poor woman thought that the cat understood her. When I got home, my dog and I had a big laugh about it. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jeremy Carr. Yes. Supplies. <laughs> Vinny and Haney up next. Have yourselves a safe and wonderful hump day Wednesday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 